Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your clogged fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over to person. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? I start putting a line on a CD tray. Next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh. It went the direction I had intended it to go. Oh my God, bro! So you performed oral sex on I did. You did. And the driver's up front? Yep. And he's cool with it? Uh, he didn't have a problem with it. The next day was somewhat interesting because he ends up showing up at my hotel room. He wanted some more. Mm-hmm. I was in the room, there's a knock on the door, and he's standing there with more coke. It's not against the law, ho, fuck you. It was just like a quick rehash or rerun from the night before. So Barack Obama smokes crack and then you perform yep. sex on him. Like, thanks, bye. Mm-hmm. You get off, you finish smoking, you leave. That's a big game, man. So you were left with a bad taste of mouth. Something, yeah. <laughs> you are fake news. I doubt it. Very fake news. Many of those people probably have AIDS. I agree with that. Well, it's not my concern. That was four days ago, five days ago. Come on, man. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. Yeah, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. (laughs) Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly the very best you can ask anyone about that people often do i am reliably informed this is the matt and blonde show my name is matt christensen i'm flanked on my right as always by my wonderful co-host blonde welcome hello i didn't die suddenly as you can see i made it another week Uh, i will update you on my health condition momentarily but for at least another sunday the show must go on. Um, how much of this Tucker Carlson, Larry Sinclair interview did you catch? I watched the whole thing the, from zero minutes to 45 minutes. It was all super gay. Do you believe him? It's really not hard. It's not a huge leap of faith to be like, oh. What's the joke there? Obama was, though. But I'm. Hey. Right. Uh, Carry on. Sorry. To think that Obama's a, you know. A giant faggot. We all kind of knew that in our heart of hearts, didn't we? Uh, well, I just have to read Obama's letters to his girlfriend to reach that conclusion, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I will try to be objective in my analysis of this salacious story, but uh, of he course, won't. we'll we'll break it down at least a little bit. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> the real I, I think the major, <laughs> the much bigger news story of the week and the Obama thing is significant to the extent that. That is non-news in the eyes of the people who thought Christine Blasey Ford was somehow more credible. I get that. But uh, the governor of New Mexico is practically begging people, please tar and feather me. 
I, I would love the experience. Won't someone please come and do this? Uh, yeah. At least That's light treatment for this a little TNF man. We should go full revolution. I at think. least throw a few tomatoes at me while I'm in the pillory in the town square. Um, she decides that she is suspending carrying any gun in New Mexico, open, concealed or otherwise, even if you're licensed to because gun violence is now an emergency and responding to reporters obvious questions about the constitutionality of that. She says, well, no constitutional right is absolute, which of course is code for you don't have constitutional rights. If I don't feel like you don't today. She said in this exchange that even her oath to the constitution isn't absolute, except of course for her own protection. That's absolute. (laughs) Your protection, not absolute. Her protection, very absolute. An absolutely outrageous move by this governor. And just another demonstration. These people do not have the healthy, necessary fear that they should. Oh, I know. So we'll have a listen to yet another episode of Blonde Was Right About Women in Politics, I must concede. (laughs) Uh, Gun safe maker, Liberty Safe. I guess they're trying to pull a Bud Light by voluntarily giving the FBI a safe master code to get into the safe of a guy who was apparently at the Capitol on January 6th, two and a half years ago. Now they're trying to clean it up with some policy changes, but perhaps the damage is already done. Nobody should be using gun safes anywhere. It seems like every week I shout out one of the best follows on Twitter. That's Justin at Phoenix Ammunition, at Phoenix Ammo, I believe is the handle. Uh, His response was simply, wait, you guys have been putting your guns in safes? (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's correct. Why would you do that? You don't have access to any of your guns. Um, well, certainly some are going to be stored, but but if you have a uh, a gun that is designed for emergency life and liberty purposes, yeah, that might be stored in a, a via a different method. But they're all for emergency life and liberty. Uh, well, purposes. I I would like for people mm-hmm. not to be able to steal them that easily. But uh, no, you hide them all in different locations where a child cannot reach. Uh, apparently, that's what I'm supposed to do if these people are going to give some master code that a lot of people didn't even know existed to the FBI. Upon FBI request. Anyway, um, speaking of gun crimes, gun controversies, the DOJ is going after Hunter Biden for his gun charge again, but now with extra special counsel status. I'm just looking forward to watching Hunter Biden at trial make a pro Second Amendment defense (laughs) for himself. I know. Plus, of course, we have hoax hate. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is Master and Commander, the far side of the world. So stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show, because, of course, we are no good lowdown money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is Matt Christensen Media dot Come listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western razor company. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, Not anymore. The high noon safety razor from Western razor is made in America with all metal, no plastic, long lasting construction that uses widely available double edge razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America dating back to the 50s and 60s. 
until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method for a better shave at a lower long-term cost. Don't forget, you can still get the high noon safety razor in the rare and exotic rose gold finish. Plus, Western Razor also offers value packs to get your razor and a giant pack of blades in one great package. And did you know Western Razor also sells Caswell Massey Shave Cream, the preferred shave cream of George Washington himself? It's true. It is a historically accurate fact. You can look it up. In the meantime, Western Razor is working on their own shave cream as well, so look forward to that. Shave better and less expensively and support American manufacturing. When you pick up a Western Razor, get 10% off your entire order using promo code MATT10. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from Western Razor. You can find everything you need from Western Razor Company, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, the aforementioned Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners, for listeners, and of course, double don't forget. All three of our signature soaps are also available from Hero Soap Company. You can try Timberline and Old West from yours truly, or try Oat Plus Almond from Blonde, or try all three at HeroSoapCompany.com. Word on the street is they have shampoo and conditioner now available, and there may be some new shampoo and conditioner products in the works. Stay tuned for details on that. We had nothing to do with those. Of course. Uh, well, not yet. But if you if you are going to get into the shampoo game, because if you bullshit. thought the ball tingling soap was mm. advanced and exotic, get ready for the scalp tingler. That's all I'm saying. But the scientists in the lab are hard at work developing this product as we speak. Promo code MC listener for 10 percent off. Find more information with Hero Soap Company. That is, of course, uh, find more information at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals as well. Okay, a couple of announcements before the news. Uh, the call-in show is back for one week and one week only for the time being. Wednesday, September 13th. We will do one more this month before you're on vacation for two weeks in Japan. Sunday shows will continue as usual. Frank from Quite Frankly will fill in for Blonde on the 24th. I mentioned this last week, but I want to make sure that everyone is aware uh, Bible study is returning on September 29th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, every Friday night. Starting then, you can join live or listen later. We'll spend a few weeks on Genesis, and the bulk of the study will be on Acts. Find the Bible study page on my website, linked on the homepage for all the information. Uh, as far as my health, uh, oh, sorry, a listener provided me with a segment intro piece of audio, so I don't want to skip that. Deep vein thrombosis, DVT. This week's DVT update. Um, as you can obviously see, I did not die suddenly. I can confirm that the You're medication... You're AI, Matt. You did die suddenly. <laughs> this is what they want you to think, that I'm alive and well. Um, no, the medication that I started taking last Sunday, right before we were talking about it, greatly improved my blood clot situation. As far as I can tell, if I didn't know anything... My leg would feel completely normal and feels at full strength to me. I have full function of my leg, no swelling, no discoloration. I do have a follow-up medical appointment this week, uh, and I hope for good news. We'll get some additional testing to try to figure out what caused it. Certainly until then, I appreciate everyone's well-wishing, kind words, etc. I did find something out about your DVT. 
Because I weaponized my obsessive research and my dad was also so worried about you Ah. that he looked into this too. So people in your age group that have lots of blood clots between the knee and the ankle are actually at the highest risk of pulmonary embolism. I thought that since you're in the clear now, I can tell you this. 6% of them get pulmonary embolism. Half of those die. So while this was happening, you had a 3% chance falling over dead. That's not. <laughs> I am going to get a deep vein thrombosis. Yeah, I know. It was a oh close my god! Call. Why aren't you freaking out? <laughs> uh, I will do my due diligence to learn what caused it. Um, I I did notice if, to to advance the theory a little bit more. I did notice that I had slightly elevated blood pressure in my uh, in some of my vitals testing too, which could be a factor. So we'll have to figure out why that you were probably nervous about the situation that you can't get a good blood pressure unless you've been sitting for 15 minutes. So uh, I will dig into the mystery as as deeply as I can. And of course, I appreciate everyone's well wishing last week. It was very kind of you. And uh, yes, I will treat the situation seriously. Um, Another episode from great stories that are compelling and rich. Uh, I, I, I visited uh, my wife and I visited some family in San Francisco this week, which is why I only made one video because we were gone later in the week. Um, a, a few pieces of the visit were, were notable. Maybe not. Maybe it's just typical San Francisco. But when we landed, we had to walk about two blocks to get screamed at by a deranged hobo at a grocery store. Uh, a good Samaritan bought a bag of groceries for a bum who appeared to be high out of his mind. And the bum responded by receiving this bag of groceries and then screaming profanities and threatening everyone around him in the parking lot, including at least by extension or by being a part of the general public there, my wife and I. So I, we had to instead, the best thing I could do is to scurry us both out of there because there's no legal way for me to defend us if this deranged insane hobo decides that we're the bad guys that he wants to come after. And this was a big man. This guy was taller than me, might have weighed more than me. Scary. Um, then a few blocks later, we walked to a different spot. A few blocks later, passed by a very cute San Francisco couple. One was a, a bearded, frail man in uh, high-waisted women's shorts and a French braid hairstyle, along you get with pictures. No, I didn't. Come <laughs> was, on, they were like the get only other people on the sidewalk. I don't <sighs> want to be that obvious, but. Uh, And then his partner, it was like Pat from Saturday Night Live. No idea. Honestly, could not tell. I don't know what that is. It flip a coin is couldn't tell at all. So I think if I had to bet, I would say two gay guys, but one was dressed like a chick. What? Hard to tell. But that's that's actually not what I'm getting at, because like deranged bums and, you know, uh, very confusing couple arrangements. That's kind of par for the San Francisco course. But this is what got me. Uh, we, we of course took our son to one of San Francisco's many parks, uh, with, uh, playground equipment for children. And I'm sure San Francisco locals are aware. And this this is probably more common in bigger cities than I realize. So people who are there are probably laughing at me for thinking this is weird. But if you go to a city playground or a park, there are signs on the gate that say, they don't say, um, Adults must accompany children, which is something that I'm used to seeing. Instead, it's actually the reverse. Children must accompany adults. No adults without a child's supervision. Is this some pedo thing? Involvement. And that's why I laughed immediately. I thought, 
Is this city code to stop the pedophiles? And I was informed it's actually about stopping the bums. It's to make sure the bums don't go in there. The pedophiles are, of course, uh, welcomed and encouraged. Uh, And, of course, the incentive here is for the bums to steal a child so that they can sleep on the playground equipment. That's the way that this works in San Francisco. And I'm sure that they probably do. But uh, but all kidding aside, am I... Is that weird or am I weird to think it's weird? I just thought the sign was so bizarre. Adults no, must that, be that accompanied fine. by a child. That makes me think that they're that they're just dudes jacking off in there all the time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was my San Francisco experience for the week. But uh, it, it is no more. And uh, I, anyway, I'm sure it'll get weirder by the next time I visit. Um, the one video I did post this week was about Takaya Young in Ohio. And this is the pregnant woman in Columbus who was shot by police after she was caught stealing liquor at a grocery store. You at mean least. there was more to this story? Well, that was alleged. Originally released? It was alleged that she was stealing mm-hmm. liquor. But she denied that in her police encounter. And, um, and then, of course, she attempted to drive through a cop to escape. And there was some dispute about whether she stole anything at all or assisted somebody who was she as i mentioned denied it to police before the shooting well it's not really a subject for debate anymore the grocery store has now released surveillance footage and indeed she and two other women were loading several liquor bottles into their handbags and just walking out without paying so we don't have audio of actually inside the store here but there's takaya uh, loading up liquor bottles into her own personal handbag. Here she can be seen unloading them from a shopping, uh, one of those shopping baskets into her own bag. And then her, she and her friends walk out of the store without paying for the things that are in their shopping bag. And then we have the encounter. Get out, that Get out of the fucking car. Get out of the, car. Get out of the fucking car. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. Okay. That she was uh, pregnant, or this would have been like the funniest video of the year. Uh, it 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 is an absolute tragedy for those children, for sure. It, it, I'll remind everyone: it's not just her third trimester baby who died. Uh, she had a six-year-old son and a three-year-old son, and she's twenty-one. Okay. Uh, They'll be better off with their father yeah i didn't see mention of dad in any of the stories that i looked at shocking i don't believe you. and takaya young's dad who has also been absent for a very long time because she was raised by her grandma who now had a restraining order against her for reasons so far undisclosed as far as i've seen that dad who's been absent for years upon years suddenly shows up to say that the police have no excuses and uh, but he has many excuses for not being there for the years and years that led up to this incident. Gotta love the CNN characterization of that footage. Now, what we just watched was not theft in progress. According to the CNN headline, surveillance video released Friday shows Takaya Young inside store, then encountering police. That's all. She was just inside a store. Encountering the police. Yeah, yeah. doing nothing inside the store, and then she just encountered. She didn't try to run over any cops. Yeah, she, she was just in the store and then encountered police. That was the sequence of events. They told her to get out of the car, like, I think 12 times. It was about a minute long exchange. 
uh, and they gave her plenty of time and they didn't shoot her for refusing to get out of the car. And despite the activist claims, no, she was not shot for shoplifting. It was not death penalty for shoplifting. She ran her car into a police officer whose legs were lifted off the ground by the force of her car. Uh, I don't know, you know, I, I guess everybody just says that she was supposed to they're just supposed to let her drive away. And even if you believe that, like, oh, the cop could have moved out of the way and, and then they could have just apprehended her later. How? They're going to have to chase her. They're going to have to stop her again. They're going to have to administer force again. And when, and when she resists by trying to drive away again, what are they supposed to do? I, yeah, I, <laughs> let her drive until she's out of gas. And then yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I guess I guess maybe you can arrest her at that point. Anyway, um, well, I think it's fair to say that we both have been um, awfully critical of Elon Musk and his management of Twitter over the last year or so. Uh, and I, I, you know, I've tried to praise where I think he's doing a good job, too. And I think in many areas he is. But I don't know about you. Maybe we grant him a forever pass if he successfully sues the ADL for defamation. <laughs> if he bankrupts the ADL, like I don't care what mysterious heritage I find out about Elon Musk. Right, fine. I'm in. Fair I'm enough. In, Mr. Musk. I'm really suspicious of him, but this makes me smile a little bit. I don't want to give two million dollars. I don't want to give the impression that this is likely because it's not. I, I don't. It's not. But uh the story on this, if you missed this week, um, so the ADL has been lobbying Twitter. And yes, I still call it Twitter. I'm not. Mo I'm. It's Twitter to me. I'm not saying X. What, are people calling it X? Yes, you're supposed to call it X now. But I, I'm going with Twitter. Yeah. ADL has been lobbying Twitter's advertisers to abandon the platform because of, quote unquote, hate speech, quote unquote, anti-Semitism. Uh, at least that's what Musk alleges. And he's saying that's what he's heard from advertisers talking to him. And so Musk is now saying, yeah, he's going to sue the ADL, ironically, of course, for defamation. Uh, Musk says that the ADL is responsible for destroying half the value of the company. So he's saying $22 billion. But that, as far as I can tell, is half of what he paid for it. And I think by most estimates, he probably overpaid for it. Still, whenever you're talking billions of dollars, I know the ADL is a well-funded organization. If you could if you could pin a multi-billion dollar liability on them, you probably are talking about ending the organization, bankrupting it. Uh, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Um, I think I think the likelihood of success in court is so low that the likelihood of even filing it is is probably very low. Yeah. But um, just as a matter of law here, we'll remind ourselves that that Elon Musk would have to prove actual malice. As far as defamation law here goes, as in not just that what the ADL is saying about Twitter is false, but that the ADL knows that it's false and the ADL is saying it anyway. And with a generic accusation like hate speech or anti-Semitism, that's really hard to prove or disprove as a matter of fact, whether it's true or false. The ADL, I mean, at some level, that's kind of a subjective opinion. But the ADL's defense here is just going to be, well, it's, it's truth as a defense. Here's a, here are several examples of high-profile hate speech or hate tweets that Elon Musk is allowing to stay up. Once they do that, as far as defamation law goes, I'm not sure how, how Elon Musk improve, would... Right. Yeah, I don't know how he'd be successful in that. But I am not a defamation lawyer, so consult your favorite defamation lawyer, and maybe he sees a higher prospect for success. 
Anyway, offer is out there, Elon Musk. Full pardon, forever praise if you pull this off. Yeah, really. Do you think he has a team of like high powered Jewish attorneys on this? That'd be that would be an interesting wrinkle. I don't know what the ADL would say in that case, but they would find a way. They always do. Uh, Did you the ADL? (laughs) The ADL. <laughs> the ADL. I'm, I actually am serious. That's exactly who I meant. I am distinguishing. <laughs> I think the ADL is a uniquely terrible organization full of uniquely. They really are. Yeah. Anyway, um, did you see the uh, the Mike Lindell deposition tape? I thought this was hilarious. Yeah, it made me think he relapsed. So I hope he hasn't. <laughs> Well, maybe I like this fiery Mike Lindell. But speaking of defamation, so mad. He loves he loves my pillow so much. You can tell. And that's good because whatever you think of Mike Lindell, the man has put a lot of work into the pillow empire that he has built. Those pillows are lumpy AF. I wasn't going to say that. I mean, I do have a king size my pillow on my bed right now. But it does occasionally get a little lumpy. I mean, I, I would be lying if I said that is that is not happening. Mike Lindell is going to come for you. Well, I'm, and I like the firmer one. I like the the more fill, you know. Just take whatever conclusion out of that you may. But that's my preference. I think the more fill, the lumpier it might get. All that oh, fill's got to go somewhere. Barack Obama, this conversation. We'll, we'll get to that. But uh, but anyway, my great transition, speaking of defamation lawsuits, see, that was linked to the ADL. Uh, the MyPillow guy, Mike Lindell, is facing a defamation lawsuit of his own from Dominion Voting Systems, who Mike Lindell has alleged were responsible for voter fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, this deposition was actually earlier this year in March, but the footage has now been made public. Dominion's lawyer, or specifically this is a lawyer for Eric Coomer, <laughs> His name is Coomer. Okay, Eric Coomer is the uh, former director of product strategy and security at Dominion Voting. So it's the lawyer for Coomer <laughs> who's speaking with Mike Lindell. And um, this this lawyer for the Dominion guy is asking Mike Lindell, well, when people call up my pillow customer service and they're complaining about lumpy pillows, do they say this or that? And it just... It uh, on the scale of white rage, it set Mike Lindell straight into now. Hold on just a minute. My pillows are not lumpy. Here it is. Okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh, No, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay, that when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole is what you are. No, he's an asshole. He's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows, kiss my ass. Put that in your book. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go... Or they call about um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. Well, we'll cover them even though it could be somebody else's fault. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. But good, good one though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> okay, I I love Mike Lindell, but he seems wasted, right? I don't know. He just I think it's the my pillow passion. I don't think it's substances at all. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. That's Chaska, Minnesota's finest right there, Mike Lindell. That guy we're, was an asshole. <laughs> we're, we're from the same town, you know, Mike Lindell and I. Oh, really? Yeah. Mike Lindell, Chaska, Minnesota. 
anyway, may, if, if, if I fall on hard times, I'll go back and I'll work for Mike. That's how I'll get out of this. You stuff his lumpy pillows. <laughs> I will make not one lumpy pillow in my entire tenure. But yeah, I, I like this passionate uh, Mike better. If he if he made commercials like this, hey you asshole, buy a pillow. I would uh, I'd be inclined to buy more. I like this. I like this style <laughs> from him. Oh, uh, they got another proud boy. We talked about this last week, but last week I think the record for longest January sixth sentence was like eighteen years. So did Enrique Tario set the record? Is he now the longest he did sentence? Twenty two years in federal prison. Uh, Judge Tim Kelly applied a terrorism enhancement to get these 22 years. Um, okay, people are of different minds about this. I th- we, we already know he was a federal informant, right? So why would they go through all of this? Do you think he's really going to spend 22 years in jail? I'm inclined to say no. The Proud Boys around that time, it was like half feds. You know, even the guy that drove him, um, uh, not to January 6th, he wasn't even there. Um, who was driving him around was was also a fed like they were so deeply infiltrated it was like but, half the club fed 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 um yeah no one actually brought any evidence that he was planning an insurrection or that anybody in the probably was planning insurrection and he wasn't even there yeah that's the because whole, of this probably the most hilarious enhancement detail about enrique tario is they busted him for stealing a black lives matter flag off a church the day prior and burning it and then they shipped yep. him off to Baltimore for that incident. So he was sitting from afar, like, like texting airtight people. Airtight alibi, yeah. He, he wasn't even there. And and not only was he convicted despite not being there, they've now decided that he was, I guess, the most serious crime committer, according to his sentence, in all of January 6th from afar. Like he's the Sauron of January 6th, masterminding this whole army of grandmas to walk in the wrong place. I don't know. I kind of think this whole thing is bullshit. I think he's going to spend six months in jail and that he's going to get some cushy fed money and that everything's going to be fine. We'll see. 22 years. Like, like that's going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of, um, well, I guess you can, I guess you can kill a guy. I know these are North Dakota state charges, not uh, the work of the feds, but in that famous case in North Dakota, where a, a, an older man, ran over or otherwise hit a teenager with his car ostensibly for political reasons he gets fi- he actually killed a person a young person and he gets 5 years in prison yes um so if you guys don't remember this this North Dakota man Shannon Brandt what a faggy name he ran over and okay. killed this teenager named Kaylor Ellingson um and initially uh i guess in Brandt's 911 call he's saying that like that this teenager was a Republican extremist and that they were having words and all this stuff. But this argument fell apart because police said later during their investigation, there was no evidence that the teenager was part of any Republican extremist group or that the incident even involved politics. Like there's no evidence that any of that happened. What did happen though, was that the teenager kept calling his mom um, over and over being like, this guy is chasing me down. Like he's chasing me down. And then after the second call, um, he got run over and, and killed. And so Brant was allowed to plea this down to manslaughter. And he was only sentenced to five years in prison, then just three years of probation. And I think he has some time served. So in like seven years, this guy's going to be out scot-free. No, no one's going to be, he's not going to be reporting to any parole officer or anything like that. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. And, so outrageous. And so to be clear in the distinction, too, and if by virtue of a manslaughter conviction, they're saying that this lacked intent, that this was maybe he was reckless in his behavior, but he was not uh, trying to kill this teenager. Um, yeah. That would at least be. Well, I guess in fairness, the teen's calls didn't necessarily say this guy is trying to kill me, just that he's kind of stalking me or, or following me, if I'm understanding correctly. No, he told but, his mom uh, that she was, he, was, yeah, he was trying to kill me. He's yeah. trying to kill me. Okay. I mean, yeah. that, that doesn't necessarily... run me over. Yeah. He's chasing me. He's, yeah. Not that that automatically proves that the guy was, but it does paint a different picture from, say, like, oh, I'm driving a little recklessly over the speed limit and I accidentally hit a person and they die. Mm-hmm. This was yeah. This appears to be targeted in a way that kind of reckless driving in general is not and yet five years yep five years also uh oh wait no i skipped ahead we have an update from big big t tranny teacher in a moment but i almost skipped fauci so we'll get to big t tranny teacher in just a second but this story uh this particular exchange happened last weekend so i know i'm late to talk about it I just don't want to ignore it either because it's so preposterous even for Dr. Fauci. But finally, after three plus years, the science has shifted yet again. And as COVID cases rise and there's discussion of mask mandates or at least mask recommendations, um, now that the science has shifted, we once again know that masks do nothing and did nothing to stop the transmission of COVID-19. And we know this in part because back in January, the Cochrane Institute put out a meta-study Uh, An aggregation of studies, in other words, that concluded there is no conclusive evidence that masks have any effect on transmission. And so Michael Smirconish on CNN, maybe much too late, but I guess late is better than never. uh, Finally, fuck them. I don't care about anybody that is coming to this conclusion this late in the game. Yeah. Well, there was a CNN confrontation of Dr. Fauci with this science. And Dr. And Dr. Fauci said, no, not that science. That science doesn't count. You have to consider my science. Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that Cochrane, put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks, its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference, he told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. How do we get beyond that finding? of that particular review. Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. That is so retarded because the metadata consists of individual data. It's, it's it's a completely anti-scientific take. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, the overall aggregated data, like you're saying, sure, that is, uh, that's not showing the relationship that we want. But when you cherry pick isolated individual cases that show what I want them to show, well, funny, they do. That that's yeah. not science, dude. Uh, that's <laughs> no, it's not science. There there are levels of um, of strength of studies based on the type of study, and always number one for every scientist is meta analysis. Every single time, yeah. like he, it, uh, what he's saying is totally. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but totally unscientific. <laughs> it, yeah. It's so stupid. God. I've read some fact checks on this uh, Cochrane report, and uh, mostly what I've seen is well, it's inconclusive. 
it doesn't say that it doesn't say conclusively that masks don't work. It just says there's not evidence to support that masks do. Well, again, not how science works. We don't prove negatives if there's no evidence to support a relationship between the independent variable of masking and the dependent variable of transmission. We say there's no relationship and no relationship means masks have no effect. You don't have to prove some negative in this bizarre way. Anyway, uh, they, they will will stay forever committed to this bit. And I did notice in the airports this week, um, the masks are coming back and the, the worst people, I would, I would say it was probably like 10% of people were wearing masks, one out of 10, but the worst, I saw the worst kind of people, I guess the worst second only to the people who aren't wearing masks themselves, but make their kids wear masks. Those are the oh. worst kind, but the sort of person that wears the mask, despite a lack of a mandate, you, nobody's forcing you to. And they're still wearing it wrong. They're wearing it like under their nose and hanging off their face. That kind of person. Right below cyclists in terms of the way they inspire rage in me. <laughs> but that's its own story. Uh, I mentioned there's an update from the, uh, well, the former big T tranny teacher in Canada. I guess now he's back to just being a guy again. Yeah, I wonder what happened with this. Uh, Kayla Lemieux. So he quit his job at Oakville Trafalgar High School. And everybody thought he got fired, but sources have confirmed that he was the one that left to pursue new opportunities. And now he has arrived at a new campus, Nora Francis Henderson Secondary School. What is that? Is that middle school, high school? Yeah, one of the two. I don't know how it works uh, up north. Stupid Canadians. Um, And is starting a new term as a teacher. Male clothes, stubble, the whole thing. So I wonder... He didn't get cashed out like he wanted. I forever. The debate on him forever will be hero or villain. And we've tried to navigate that among our audience. And with the evidence here, is this guy a hero who is forcing the preposterous left-wing logic against itself by exposing what they're willing to subject children to if it serves the ideology? Or is he a villain for doing exactly that? Even if he's exposing the evils of their ideology to some extent, not to some extent to the extent that he presented kids or underage, uh, you know, high school students to a sexualized display at school. He can't be anything but the villain. Yeah. Of course he has argued the whole time. Ultimate troll. I get the sense. That's what he was doing. Um, but of course he was saying too, like, no, no, those are, those aren't even fake boobs. They're real. I have like, giganto mastitis or whatever he yeah. said uh he must have got he must have had some kind of breast reduction surgery by the look of the photo but, uh, i just wonder why he left there must have been no payout happening. uh you know we're gonna have to try to see if we can get him on the show i haven't i haven't done that yet we got to track this guy down although it's probably a long shot but i do want to hear from him uh okay well uh, i mentioned at the top of the show uh the Tucker Carlson, Larry Sinclair interview. Of course, uh, this is a man long forgotten by many, but of course, a man who was briefly in the news during Obama's first presidential campaign in 2007 and 2008. Larry Sinclair back then held a press conference alleging that he went to Chicago in 1999 and he asked his limo driver for how to find a, a good time, specifically gay sex and drug wise. That's what he was looking for. And uh, this limo driver said, I know a guy. I got him. <laughs> and he, Barack Obama. <laughs> he pulls up to a, a bar 
And he says, you got to beat my friend Barack Obama. And Larry Sinclair confirms he introduced himself as Barack. He was not doing the Barry bit. This was Barack Obama. That's the name that he used. Then, of course, an Illinois state senator. But Larry Sinclair didn't know that at the time, according to his story. He didn't know who he was. He just said, I need someone who can help me out with gay sex and coke. I know a guy. Here he is. Okay, so he, he meets up with Obama. Obama gets in his limo. And Sinclair says he snorted cocaine while Obama smoked crack. And then Sinclair made a move on Obama because that was the premise for this meeting. And Obama happily obliged. Now, not only did Obama happily oblige, but Sinclair says that Obama enjoyed it so much that after Obama and the limo driver dropped him off at his hotel, Obama came back the next day for a repeat of the same activities um, and in this particular piece of the interview, at least as far as I can tell, Sinclair didn't really provide any new detail from his original 2008 press conference. But hearing the story, I think, is is worthwhile, if only for um, for Tucker Carlson's joke question at the end. At least I think it was a joke. The next day was somewhat interesting because he ends up showing up at my hotel room. He wanted some more. Mm -hmm. I was in the room. There's a knock on the door. I open the door and he's standing there. And he's standing there with more Coke and he comes in. And it was just like a quick, you know, rehash or rerun from the night before. Exact same program. Exact same program. Was he smoking again? Yep. So Barack Obama smokes crack and then you perform yep. all sex on him. How did that end? Like Same way. So you get off, you finish smoking, you leave. Like, thanks, bye? Mm -hmm. So you were left with a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, something, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, God. Um, okay, I have a few problems with this. Okay. Logistically. Okay. First of all, he talks about in the interview, he talks about like acquiring the cocaine and then he's snorting it, but Barack is smoking it. And then he refers to Barack smoking crack multiple times, mm -hmm. but that's inaccurate because crack is when you cook cocaine into rocks and then you smoke it. What Barack Obama was doing was just smoking cocaine. So I don't really oh, okay. think that he's going to be that that as an experienced drug user, which both these people clearly are, that he would be like, well, I was doing cocaine and he was smoking crack. So that's obviously not what was happening. Yeah, I just interpreted it to mean that Obama had a couple different. Now, you'll you'll be shocked to know I am not experienced in cocaine consumption, but I, as an inexperienced person, interpreted that to mean that he he probably had different supplies for different consumption purposes. That is to say. This no, because he said at the beginning of the interview that they were off the same supply. Okay. And that he was snorting it because he talks about breaking out the CD. And everything yeah, yeah. Like okay. And the other thing is when he, he says, he straight up says, like, they dropped me off at the hotel and I go in. It was a comfort inn. And he has all these details about that. And then he's like, the next day Obama shows up at my door. But how did he know? He didn't go home with you. How did he know where you're where you Yeah, that was, that was one question I had that... You know, I don't think is defeats the story entirely, especially to the extent that he says Obama dropped him off there the day before. So he knew the hotel. But how did he find the specific the room? room, especially because you cause, wouldn't just be able to go up to the front and be like, what room is this person? in? they'd yeah. be like, mm. 
That's Unless maybe it was more of a motel setup where they like the the door is on the exterior and they dropped him off and watched which room he went into or something nope, like that. Uh-uh. You'd have to look at this particular Comfort Inn or see if it's changed since then. Um, I don't want to defend Barack Obama, but the story at holes. I I think it. <laughs> I'm again going to just laugh at the prospect for jokes rather than to take the jokes, but. Um, yeah, I think that there are some questions to be asked. That said, I think I think this is less absurd that, than accusers' stories that have been taken to much uh, higher degrees in terms of media promotion. Yeah. But uh, there's that part. So that was the part about the, the drugs and the gay sex specifically. One piece I hadn't heard before is Larry's claim that YouTube gave access to his channel to somebody else and Microsoft seized control of his email account. So he's making these accusations of just big tech meddling way back in the day. So you made a YouTube video. By the way, I look I looked for it last night. I couldn't find it. That's because YouTube gave access to my account to someone shortly after uh, the polygraph test. And I was never given access back to it before the video was actually deleted. (laughs) Are you serious? Oh, yeah. YouTube gave access to the account and the video was deleted. Microsoft gave access to my Hotmail account and all of my emails were circulating the Internet and vacation replies were set up on my email telling people that I was busy uh, giving blowjobs and would get back with them when I was done. And oh, yeah. And they wanted Obama <laughs> to be president. Yep. And they wanted me to be the biggest fraud and nutcase that ever existed. One of the greatest Tucker reaction faces in his career right there. He had a few good ones. during the Now, in fairness, I could believe that Larry Sinclair actually had an automatic reply on his email account. Busy giving BJ's. We'll get back to you. It seemed like he was engaged in that lifestyle at the time, according to his own testimony. So maybe that's not inherently suspicious. Um, But but yeah, on, on his credibility. Well, actually, on that point, on the on the big tech meddling stuff, that would be if true. And even though I'm very suspicious of all the big tech meddling, of course, that would be so far beyond anything we've ever seen them do. Not just like shadow banning you, not right out, not just outright banning you, but handing over control of the account to someone else who would then manipulate it, either pretending to be you or to, I guess, delete your content, but not the channel. I, I don't think it's beyond it's not beyond their capability. It's definitely not beyond their capability. I just wonder, I guess if, if I would like to know how he knows that, say, YouTube did that or Microsoft did that, as opposed to someone else who hates him, targeted him with some sort of hacking attempt and was successful in their effort, yeah. which I could also believe. I'm not saying he's making that up necessarily or that there's there's no way such a thing could happen. It's just, man, it's like to believe that Microsoft said no, circulate not only shut down his account, but circulate his emails and change his reply button to what he says it was or his reply, you know, automatic reply function. Uh, it doesn't pass the sniff test. And even though I really want it to. Well, I will say again, um, I think in terms of his credibility, I think he's more credible than many of the unproven Democratic users. See Christine Blasey Ford, see E. Jean Carroll, yeah. see the long list. Yeah. The thing I'll say about Larry Sinclair 
he has specific dates. He has specific references. He has specific recollections. The story, as far as I am aware, as far as I've seen, comparing what he said here to comparing what he said at his press conference 15 years ago, remains consistent. Not that you couldn't maintain a lie over 15 years, I guess, but I haven't spotted any obvious contradictions in his claims or things that he said then that are totally different now. And yeah. I notice in this interview, he res- and I've seen him talk to Dinesh D'Souza and some others before. He does respond quickly to questions about specifics. If he is making it up, this is among the best rehearsed lies I've ever seen because he responds quickly with specifics that never seem to contradict themselves. That's true. Although we would rip him apart if this uh, was a Trump accusation. He's uh, not really providing any evidence. You have to say, in fairness, that there's no substantiation so far beyond his own testimony, which is a little bit frustrating because he has verifiable pieces. Like we could yeah. look. Yeah, was yeah. he at that hotel at the time? Was Obama mm-hmm. in town at the time? The the one thing, too, you mentioned um, the, the potential hole or the question about how did Obama know about his hotel room? I also would like to know. I mean. How did he the one detail he seems to have forgotten is where was this bar that he picked Obama up at? That's one detail. I can see that didn't bother me. I, I can see why he would forget that. But that's such a key to the verifiability of the story, too, though, where it's like, OK, was Obama there would be witnesses of o- Obama there at that time if he frequented that location. I don't know. He was an unknown person. Like, do you remember somebody that you saw in a bar? When did he come out with these allegations? 2007? Yeah, no, it was 2004. 2007, 2008. Okay. Uh, If I had seen somebody in passing at a bar nine years ago that wasn't famous at the time, like there's no friggin' way that. Yeah, but if he's like a regular, the bar owner might be like, "Oh yeah, I knew that guy. He used to come in here all the time." Especially if he rose to, uh, especially if he became the president after that, you'd be like, "Oh, that dude back in the day used to come in here all the time," and and they would know who he is because he was a state senator at the time. He was already kind of high profile. Don't get me wrong. I think he's yeah. a butt pirate, like for sure. <laughs> I just, I just would be ripping this apart if it were a Trump accusation because he doesn't really provide any solid yeah, evidence. If this I, ended up being true, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Kind of makes sense. Um, now what my problem too, is that the, the attempted takedowns of his story. I mean, the best case you can make is exactly what you're saying. We have not seen verifiable verifiability or verification of the story beyond Larry Sinclair says so. So do you believe Larry Sinclair or do you not? Um, You go to read like the supposed debunking and like, what's the number one? This is one of many examples. This in the telegraph this week, uh, what's the number one point they're going to go to as far as why this is not credible. Oh, it's because um, it's because Obama was just out of, or it's because uh, yeah, Obama was out of Larry Sinclair's league. So this quote, never mind that we're meant to believe that a very good looking Illinois state representative risked his career and marriage to fool around with a five, seven stranger who today at best is prominently missing teeth or that he enjoyed it so much. He came back for seconds. So as though he gave n- him a blowjob, I think that the missing teeth thing is probably an asset. <laughs> I might have assisted the, the task. Yeah, you're right. Um, have you ever met a gay man and like lined up the mint they've slept with? You would be shocked. Well, and they're not th- super discerning as a group. This is such a preposterous argument 
whether it's gay or not, it's like, oh, yes, no well-known, good-looking man has ever jeopardized his career or marriage to bang some hooker who's well below his uh, possible achievement. Like, that, that is a thing that happens, you know. Yeah, what, remember with Hugh Grant? Do you remember what happened with him? No, but... He was married to Elizabeth Hurley in, like, the 90s, and he got caught picking up some black tranny prostitute <laughs> really all right like, what the fuck are you doing dude men do stuff like this uh and then they go the other thing they go to is oh larry sinclair has a lengthy criminal record that does include fraud and that's true larry sinclair back in the 80s i think 80 to 86 did several uh he did several prison sentences in arizona florida and colorado uh he was convicted on charges including fraud, larceny and forgery. So yeah, this this is a guy who has been convicted of making up stories or faking things before. However, Larry Sinclair was open about his criminal record at the time he came forward with his story and hasn't sought to obscure that or hide that. And I I it does it make me um think twice about believing him automatically? Sure, it also is not evidence that he's definitely lying in this particular case or that he's definitely yeah. wrong in this particular case. It's something to consider, but it certainly does not. Uh, it does not mean that what he's saying now is absolutely false. Uh, and, and you notice in this prior argument about, well, uh, Obama was way out of his league. They don't even dispute that argument doesn't even dispute the gay part. And that's, what's funny is like, okay, you might think Larry Sinclair is kooky. Yeah. And maybe he is. I mean, he certainly is a character. Then again, what else would I expect from a guy who goes around looking for rando guys to blow on coke? That would require a kooky character, would it not? Um, you can listen to Barack Obama himself. In Obama's book, as reported in 2007, Obama describes using cocaine in high school and college. Obama yeah. was still a relatively young man at the time this this supposedly happened. And of course, as we've discussed, as reported recently in 1982, in letters he wrote to his then girlfriend, Obama described how he had constant fantasies about gay sex. Said Obama, my mind is androgynous to a great extent, and I hope to make it more so until uh, until I can think in terms of people, not women, as opposed to men. You see, I make love to men daily, but in the imagination. He never actually acted on it. And, and yeah, again, you, you can remove Larry Sinclair from this entirely. And the questions still remain about a media generally uncurious about the lies of Obama in the campaign and in the, in the presidency. Apparently, Barack Obama has never addressed the claim himself because nobody even bothers asking him. And I think you want to talk about how this is like this is tabloid stuff, whether he did drugs or whether he had gay sex. Yeah, kind of. The scandal is... The fact that nobody sees fit to even ask him the questions, though. Totally. totally. That's the scandal. Um, it, it, that it's, it's a media-wide cover-up, and it has been for for decades at this point. But. I hear you. I, I know what you're saying. I don't know. I, I just, for some reason, I can't really bring myself to care about this. Really? You didn't? I yeah, I mean. You had to be entertained by the, the interview. I found it entertaining, but it had it lacked a certain shock quality that i require in a sordid tale that's because i'm like oh barack obama got blown by some some coked out man whore and he's a total fag i'm like yeah that's because you know it's true to larry's point yeah i mean (laughs) if this specific instance isn't true like that dude is 
had a parade of cocks in his ass throughout his life. I mean, there's just no way. My, my only, um, I wouldn't even call it a criticism. I would say, um, one thing I wish Tucker would have asked because Larry Sinclair did get into, Hey, uh, Barack Obama in 1999 told me that he was having marital problems. That's one of the reasons he was on his, uh, you know, his, uh, on his escapade in this instance. Does Michelle Obama have a dick? Did Why? Obama say anything to you, Larry, about physical aspects of Michelle Obama? Did, did Or do you have any, if you don't have specific insight that you were told, do you have any... Uh, inclinations. Do you have any suspicions about what's going on there? Didn't ask. Want to know? This was your chance. It was your chance. Uh, well, still, I enjoyed hearing the story. I guess so. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, we are at the top of the hour, so it's probably a good time for the, for a break. Cause I definitely want to give a good chunk of time to this New Mexico governor. So let's catch up with some chats. I'll start, uh, On on Rumble, which I see is working this week. So sorry about the uh, the lack of live function last week. But I'm glad to see that my uh, attention fixed it. I think last week I just didn't type the right things into the right boxes. And that's why it happened. So totally my fault. But anyway, uh, over on Rumble, Stick sent me here for a great time with a great crime mystery podcast. Check out the ADL files on the Black Pilled channel on Odyssey. I don't know anything about that. Have you heard that before? Uh, yeah, totally. Um, Blackfield is Devin Stack. I just don't know the that particular podcast episode or that partic- what the story's about. I guess. I mean, I can. He's infer, talking about Leo Frank and you know how the like ADL the, started. The origin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Stick sent me here. Yako. Ah, I just pressed something and then one of the chats went away. Uh, uh, did you mark it as? I did something. I Hold don't... on. I'll, once I get there in a second, I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yakko 1977 says, I got a Liberty safe last year because they're made in the USA and have a sub $1,000 entry. They have sub $1,000 entry level options. I wish I knew then about the anti two way political donation history of those who run the company. I didn't even know there was that. I will talk about the scandal uh, later, but I had not heard about the donation issues so perhaps um if i can maybe i'll do a little searching on the fly so we can include that in the segment but thank you for the insight and of course thanks for supporting the show it's okay ah nikki 941 blonde and i once made filing cabinets we filed the obama gay story appropriately under if true don't care Ah, i see uh i think or is true don't care i i'm i'm getting rid of the if I don't know what to say, man. Let's see. Uh, Hottie Twerkman says, uh, Barry and Mike frolicked in their usual way. What's the access code? Barry asked when he was ready for hard play. Mike replied, uh, it's Big Mama's top secret and don't say gay. Okay. All right. Uh, that, that was a, I think that was a poem, wasn't it? You're acting queer. It's Close to one, if not. Thank you for uh, your support for the show. Okay, so you say you got it fixed over I on... I fixed uh, it. Okay. I did good. it. Let's catch up on YouTube and Tippy. Um, I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. Ah, thank you, I bought. and Mulray. Um, I've not followed the story closely, but doctors supposedly... I am not going to be niggardly. Overprescribed narcotics, um, hurting patients and society, but enriching some pharma companies. Now, whatever happened with hormone blockers, though? Yes, it is a... 
specific type of drug where uh, nobody is worried about making money. Oh yeah, it's all uh, it's all because uh, newly discovered, very legit gender science. That's mid twenty. As a guy with DVT myself, I would like to belatedly welcome Matt to the Leg AIDS Club. Hope you're feeling a little bit better by now. It sucks, but you'll make it. Oh, thank you. Deep vein thrombosis, DVT. It, it was uh, one of the most painful couple days of my life. But like I said, I if I didn't know now. I wouldn't know that I even had the leg aids. So I take that as encouragement. I was on a hangout with him and he was like, I've just been getting these horrible nocturnal leg cramps. They're just like, they hurt so much. I was like, yeah, it was weird. And that's what I, that sounds made up. I, I know people, well, no, I have had those before. Nocturnal leg cramps are, are definitely legit. You've never heard of people having those. Mm. Don't you just need to drink water and they go away? Well, the difference with a cramp is like a cramp is going to ease and resolve itself shortly. Like you might have some lingering soreness, but the muscle is not going to remain locked. And I know that um, some people were critical of my resistance to seeking medical attention. And I think that some of that is fair. But I will also (laughs) say that it, it was several days, maybe several is overstating it. It was two or three days before I had any suspicion at all that blood clotting would be a possible explanation because I've had this cramping experience prior. I just thought this was like a weird super cramp that I got somehow. And so chance of fatality. You were so lucky that nothing happened. I, I, I convinced, well, I did the research to realize it was a, it was a possible clotting issue late Friday night. I tried to tough it out on Saturday and I went in early Sunday morning. So there was like a 36 hour gap there. I feel like the first day that you couldn't walk, you probably should have gone about it. It's kind of intermittent too, though. That's the weird thing. This this was like, it, it would go from excruciating to like, oh, I'm getting better. All right, cool. Back to excruciating. Mm. Yeah. And the even as this is, is cleared up, die. even as this is cleared up, it's like you can kind of feel the the lingering soreness or pain kind of like moving it's not like it's moving on a moment's notice but it's like the pain has been everywhere from the back of my knee all the way down to the achilles you know it's like the entire extent of the can you feel the the blood clots breaking up and traveling to your heart no i've not felt that okay all right that's good that's a good sign (gasps) oh till now (laughs) no no probably probably shouldn't uh Probably shouldn't joke about that, but then again, I'm I'm committing to the bit, so might as well. <laughs> I am going to get a deep vein thrombosis. Carry on. What a nightmare, uh, Robin D. Banks. Matt and I once made love at a local butcher. I seductively watched it, walked over, and asked, "Which are you like? Which do you like more, breasts or thighs?" He replied with personality. That was one confused butcher. Thank you, Robin. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. I'm gonna barf. Yeah. All right. I can Not take over if you need. Can you just read a few? Sorry. Amish extremist. 7-Eleven was a part-time job. Except for those uh those um those big stick seeks at the uh California 7-Eleven. That's a full-time job of kicking ass for those guys. Danny from Montana. Well, it's official. She said yes. Now I'm going to start making white babies. Super excited for a future. Wow. That's hate speech right there. Blonde, you're going to love Japan. Everyone's super friendly and the food is great. I'd recommend some ramen. Also, it might be super humid. Well, congratulations, Danny from Montana. Uh, First and foremost. 
And uh, aren't you one of those ramen lovers already? I think you and my wife share that. There is no food on the planet that I love more than ramen except for sushi. So I'm going to the land of ramen and sushi. I'm so excited. It's just going to just gonna be the tits. It's going to be awesome. Except Japanese women are so small and <laughs> my, my ass is so big right now. I, uh, I probably yes. should have planned this trip when I wasn't, you know. Well, has it reached pie stages? Are we at full-blown pie ass mm-hmm. yet? No, I mean, mostly, like, from the back, I just look like a woman that's 10 years into marriage and kind of let herself go. And then I turn to the side, and you're like, oh, it's okay. Ah. <laughs> so it's like 80% bump, but I'm getting some face, arms, ass, unfortunate side effects of pregnancy. It's I see. Kind of a bummer. Well, it's all worth it. The future thanks you for your contribution. Your children are totally suck. I don't know. Well, I guess, but uh, I'm betting not. I'm betting your children are worth it. I'm having a bad morning sickness right now because my 20 week ultrasound is tomorrow, even though I'm 21 weeks. And I'm so nervous about I'm freaking out. I've slept like shit for like a week. How can you be so chill during all this life stuff? Look at you. Look at you right now. Your pulse is 50. You have deep vein. You have, you have a, a blood clot moving to your heart right now. And you're like, your, your pulse is like, but, uh, but, uh. that was like the only thing of, I, I, I will be public about that. I did brag about my low heart rate. I thought all this bullshit. And they, they measured a 53 heart rate on me. I, That's I didn't not give, normal. I didn't give a shit, but my blood pressure was high. So I apparently must've given a shit. What is anyway? I, I don't know how you deal with all of life stressors and you're just totally chill freaking the fuck out about tomorrow men and women but everything's gonna be fine oh uh, sorry i'm up right Uh, knuckle hunky buck i'm sick and tired of trying to figure out how to spell and pronounce raja's name correctly so i've officially decided to give him an ellis island name roger mahoney you are now (laughs) a u.s citizen okay now we need a new song roger mahoney gonna get you banned it doesn't have the same it's not the same it won't work but we can try. I, it's easier to say, even though his first name is Neil, but that's pretty Americanized already. Let's circle back. Okay. Let's we will back. come back to your chats at the end of the show. Appreciate you guys. Of course. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And we'll get back okay. to the news and, um, you know, probably an oversight error by me. Cause I really shouldn't have buried this story so deeply in the show, but I got to talk about the, uh, Obama gay crack limo party, you know, Anyway, uh, as far this as story like was shocking, shocking, this actually even for the, the current situation, <laughs> this is uh, yes, even for them, this is this is a, a significant overstep. And it's also so lazy. It's just like, I don't know. No more guns because I said so. OK, yeah. I guess someone was going to try that eventually. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, the New Mexico governor is all but begging for the Big Bird costume this week, deciding that she somehow has the power to suspend the lawful carrying of guns in her state, either concealed or open. So to be clear, she's saying, even if you have a state-issued license to concealed carry, you have gone through the process. You have demonstrated to the state, I am a competent handler of a firearm, and I am not a criminal. And the state has recognized that and given you the proper documentation to show that. So you've gone through all the legal hoops she she's says like DGAF. Yeah. She's like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, that's canceled now because she feels like it. And I know not everyone's a gun person, 
even though I think a lot of people in our audience are, but for people who aren't necessarily, this is the same concept as if she said, you know, I know you guys got your driver's licenses. You did the eye test. You did the driving test. You did all the bullshit that goes along with it. You sat at the DMV for like five hours and it was really annoying. You can't drive. But, you know, the, all the traffic fatalities, that's really an emergency. And so even though you have a perfectly clean driving record and you only drive like a mile to work every day anyway, sorry, it's an emergency. What can I say? I'm canceling your driver's license. That would be yeah. the same thing as what she's doing here. So this is Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And she said that starting September 8th, so that's Friday, and extending for 30 days, you just can't carry in New Mexico because she says so. Because an 11-year-old boy got murdered in Albuquerque and gun violence is an emergency. And so she has... I didn't even look at the details of the killing. Was it a white guy? Excuse me. I have no idea. Well, it must have been a white guy because this is such an urgency that... I would th- I would think they would only uh, you just look up Albuquerque eleven year old murdered and oh I'm doing it you probably find the details mm. um yeah so gun violence is an emergency and she has the emergency authority to just cancel a constitutional right at least temporarily that's what she's saying the governor's intent is to enforce this rule as a civil matter though as we'll get to she's not going to do that but her intent is to do that making violators liable for fines up to five thousand dollars uh. When asked to explain how she thinks she possibly has the legal authority to do this, she somewhat granted the point that she doesn't, but she's going to try to do it anyway. And she said no constitutional right is absolute, so clearly an executive can just cancel them because uh, she feels like it. Here's what she had to say to the reporter. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your your carrying license? With one exception, and that is if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. You're talking about crimes. There are already laws against the crimes, so how are there right? But, but again, if I'm unsafe, who's standing up for that right? If this climate is so out of control, Somebody should do something. I'm doing as much as I know to do. This is so outrageous. It's such a woman thing to do, to be like, I feel unsafe, so it's an emergency. Why is this bearded man sitting next to her not beating her to death? That's the real problem. <laughs> he did look this very is so tough. outrageous. Yeah, there also, he is it was again. Some, it was somebody that unloaded in a road raid, rage incident and then drove off. They don't know who it was. I bet you $1,000 it was some GD Mexican. Are we uh, going to talk about like the real issue here? If it turns out she to be really illegal, that'll be hilarious. Oh, it's going to be so funny. She should have waited till she knew it was a white guy to declare an emergency because this is really going to this is really going to um, come back to bite her in the ass. But yeah, the, 
what do you what do you men expect when you put women in positions of power? Like I'm going to vote this woman in. What what could possibly go wrong? And she takes away all your rights. You're like, how how did this happen? I've tried. Okay, I, I have fought the good fight. Okay. I, there was I, a man, two men sitting right next to her very, doing nothing, not well, subjugating her, you got not one, forcefully restraining her. I don't know who the guy on the right is. It looks like maybe he has a police uniform, like some kind of police uniform on, but you could see him Great. kind of scratching his eyes during like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Do um, something. This is out of control. This might be a positive development for the country though, because the American people need to realize that, that the constitution isn't going to protect us from having our rights violated. It, it, no, historically, it, it, it hasn't been, it, it hasn't it, been super great. It's she's a like, piece I can of just paper. declare an emergency and she's yeah. right. She can't just declare an emergency. Well, it's to the extent that we're willing to lay down for it. Now I will, cr- I think that there is appropriate fight in Albuquerque going on right now, as we'll get to, um, that said, uh, point one before, uh, maybe not point one, maybe you've already made point one about, sorry, female, uh, tendencies in in politics but point two before i even get to the technicals oh well technically the the law says this and the constitution says, i know that's important i'm not going to overlook that however were you just mocking yourself kind of it's it's very <laughs> important what's lacking here is exactly what you're talking about it's constitutional accountability a piece of paper does not enforce itself she should be terrified to say something like that. There should oh be my God, serious yeah. consequences. Yeah. And there stuff like that is why this country was established. Stuff like that is what the war that established our country was fought over. And mm-hmm. I, to me, the consequences for against what she's saying are defensive in nature. She is standing up there and issuing a threat to every single law-abiding New Mexican, I will take away your rights by force, even though you have committed no crime of any kind, not just in the traditional sense of like, did you rob your neighbor? Did you kill your neighbor? You have actually followed the laws that were established by constitutional process in your state. And this lady is saying, I don't care. I'm going to go around the law to threaten you anyway. That is based on my perception of safety. That is criminal behavior. And anytime a criminal comes and threatens you, they should be made to regret that decision. She should immediately regret that decision. Not just by like, Oh, well the court says I can't, or, Oh, I guess the people, I guess the people aren't doing it. So no, no, consequences there there should be and i have to be i have to be generic about this because raju muhan demands it and so do the other forces that be but all i'm saying is let's not misunderstand the circumstance what she's doing is no different than a criminal confronting you on the street and threatening you and if you think that should be handled in a certain way so that that criminal regrets that decision that is exactly the same logic that applies to this woman now just to the as far as the the nerdy well actually the constitution says component like i said those points are important because her her claim oh well, no constitutional right is uh, is absolute okay lady but where the constitution has exceptions that the supreme court has adjudicated what is the rule on that anytime the government the federal government, the state government in this case, anytime the government establishes some sort of exception on a fundamental right, in this case, the right to bear arms and the right to carry them as established by the Supreme Court last year, 
It's not just whatever they want is an exception. You have to establish, you have to pass what's called strict scrutiny. That means that where a fundamental right is at issue, as it is in this case, you have to have a compelling state interest achieved through narrowly tailored means. Now, is reducing gun violence, stopping murder, is that a compelling state interest? Sure, I think everyone would agree to that premise. Is saying that nobody is allowed to carry guns, nobody is allowed to defend themselves, is that a narrowly tailored means of achieving that goal? In the same way, she's, well, I, you, could, uh, you could stop... People, you could limit people's free speech at times. It's like, yeah, okay. So we we say that there is an incitement exception that the state can criminally right. punish uh, threats of imminent lawless action. We do not respond to that compelling state interest by saying, well, actually, nobody can talk anymore. You know, sometimes people make threats so nobody can talk anymore because I've declared yeah. it an emergency. No, we say where threats are made, those people are punished. Same idea here. Crimes are committed. The criminals are punished. Very basic idea. So this exception logic is completely preposterous and contrary to everything the Supreme Court has said on these issues. You have the practical argument. How is it? How does it create a safer environment to disarm law abiding people? It doesn't. She's not this this preposterous argument. Oh, I'm standing up for the people who feel unsafe. Not me. You don't make me feel safe by removing my ability to defend myself and my family like the case in San Francisco that I just experienced. Never felt more nervous about my family's safety than I am when I see a crazed screaming hobo over there. And I'm thinking, holy shit, if he comes after me, I got to fight him with fists straight up and then I'm the criminal. I know. And that's if he doesn't shank me with his AIDS knife and I got the bosis and <laughs> I got, I've got blood thinners and I'll bleed out all over this San Francisco street. Wouldn't that be a, a hilarious show tie in if you got AIDS in San Francisco and then you bled out from your DVT? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it would all come together. And for about five seconds, I was worried that was my fate. OK, so that. <laughs> um. Her, well, I feel unsafe or they feel unsafe. So who's standing up for that right to feel safe? You by defending yourself with a gun. Oh, yeah, totally. And and then there's this. Well, somebody should do something. The most classic chick argument. We have yeah. to do something. What? I don't know. But something. Well, that's the thing about doing stuff. Sometimes doing stuff makes it worse than not doing stuff. So when we just do stuff to say that we do stuff very often, that's not a solution at all. See, Almost every time the government does stuff, actually. And then the thing I hate, too. She's characterized this move as, well, it's just an effort to to move the debate. I'm just doing this to move the debate along so maybe we can get some gun laws passed. You move the debate by winning the argument and getting votes passed uh, and, and passing the legislation. Moving the debate, getting the legislation passed, rather. Votes passed doesn't make any sense, but you get what I'm saying. That's how you win the debate or move the debate. Moving the debate is not seizing power to serve your whims. That is a rejection of the debate. Actually, that's saying the debate doesn't matter. The people deciding is irrelevant. It should just be what I want. That's not moving the debate. That is canceling the debate. Yes. Yeah. How bad is it? Even David Hogg is like, okay, I mean, come on. Even, yeah. even this Head is too lift. soy soaked and authoritarian for me. Yep. Uh, Hogg tweeted in response to the story. Hey, man, I support gun safety, but there is no such thing as a public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitution. Ted Lieu had a comparatively sane take 
in response to this move by the governor. Uh, He tweeted, I support gun safety laws. However, this order from the governor violates the U.S. Constitution. No state in the union can suspend the federal constitution. There is no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitution. Welcome to the club, guys. Wish you would have said literally anything to this effect over the last three years. But again, better late than never, I suppose. Anyway, uh, sounds like nobody's going to enforce this. Um, Because the order is completely made up and legally dubious, I don't force. It doesn't look like anybody is enforcing it, at least over the weekend in New Mexico. On Saturday, the DA in Albuquerque, Sam Bergman, said he's not going to be enforcing the ban on carrying guns. The DA said, quote, as an officer of the court, I cannot and will not enforce something that is clearly unconstitutional. And this office will continue to focus on criminals who use guns in the commission of a crime. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine that. Likewise, uh, Albuquerque police chief Harold Medina says he won't enforce it. The sheriff in Albuquerque also says he's not going to enforce, or at least he hesitates to because he has questions about it. And then there were uh, uh, hundreds of people in uh, in Albuquerque protesting over the weekend. And they were all, at least maybe not all, but a lot of them are open carrying rifles and other guns. And... uh, There was no enforcement. Police are not stopping them. Police are not enforcing the order. They're all speaking publicly about how this lady deserves the big bird costume. And um, there's no police intervention to be seen. So that uh, that is encouraging. And, um, you know, I mean, I know I just I I just gave this. This soapbox speech about how this lady needs severe consequences. The, The truth, too, is that this stuff does matter. I mean, these people showing up in open defiance guns out. Um, good, a hugely helpful. And so everyone who's doing that in New Mexico, that is going to make a difference for this lady. Yeah. But I mean, the most important thing that people are doing is, is not enforcing this. And that's really how women, especially women in politics need to be treated. It's like, you can say whatever you want. It's super cute, but nobody's going to take you seriously because you're an idiot. Right. So th- that's what women need. Just don't pay attention to us. We talk constantly. We're just saying stuff. No, I heard Nikki Haley quoting the Margaret Thatcher thing in the debate. If you want something said, talk to a man. If you want something done, talk to a woman. That's insane. Yeah. We all know that all of society was built by chicks. Chick construction crews, all of history. Yeah. Oh my God. What a disaster. (laughs) But she does need to face more serious consequences. Like, is no one going to do anything about this? I agree. It it can't... I, I do agree with with your point that she's going to look at the lack of enforcement and feel a slight degree of embarrassment and be like, oh, I guess I can't do that. But yeah, I, I the point is not just that, oh, I don't know if I can do that and I'll be embarrassed if I can't. The point is a healthy fear of the people because the mm-hmm. rights of the people are paramount. Any tyrant like this who thinks she can go in and just take them because she says so should be appropriately afraid to do that because in the layman sense, if not by statute, but just in the layman general moral sense, that is a crime against the people. It is the violation of their rights that are inherent to their humanity, as yep. all of our founding documents recognize. You're absolutely right. So, um, this yes, is what we she should be about with the Nancy Pelosi situation. It's like these people have no security. They have no fear of the populace and, and Fauci just walking around. Um, that's a that's a societal problem right now. Government's supposed to fundamentally fear the people and they don't. Why don't they? Why don't they? 
Well, because I think we've become uh, comfortable and tame in many ways. And uh, I say that including myself, you know, I mean, it's uh, I if this nonsense comes to my state, I certainly hope I'm at bare minimum doing what these people are doing and and figuring out ways to do much more. So, you know, when life, uh, even though we're on tough times right now, I think comparatively we are, at least relative to, to prior years in terms of our economic health, in terms of the, the government's recognition or treatment of our rights and all of these factors. Um, I don't think that things are truly bad enough for people to fight for those things in the truest sense of the word, not metaphorically mm-hmm. fight, but I mean, actually fight. And um, yeah, and, and, and this is like, I know I just characterized this governor's move as a threat, and I think that it is. So I don't mean to minimize it, but I also think it's sort of a shit test. It's just like, what can I get away with? You know? Like yes. what can I, what kind of shit You're can right. I talk to them? What kind of threat can I make that they'll just put up with? So, so like post wall women in government are exercising their, their previous sexual market value <laughs> by, by shit testing the yeah. populace. Yeah. Wow. That's like the most insightful thing you have ever said. That's oh, well, totally what's happening. That's it's a like, long well, list. Can, Let's not overstate. <laughs> what can I get away with? You're totally right. God, why didn't I think of that? Uh, well, you've had plenty of, uh, female critical commentary throughout, so don't sell yourself short. Yeah. I mean, but, but there are still people, I don't want to bring up Ted Lou because for once he had a take that wasn't super retarded, but there are people like Ted Lou and, and men that'll try to do similar things. To this. Uh, yeah, it, it's certainly not exclusive, but you know, I, trends are trends and I, I can't deny the trends in play here. Um, it, it, it in terms of the lack of enforcement, that's I won't be surprised if this lady gets exactly zero citations issued for this nonsense. So we have just law enforcement unwilling to enforce this since it's not law. You also have lawsuits that might stop it over the weekend. The National Association for Gun Rights and Foster Haynes, a member who lives in Albuquerque, filed documents in federal court suing Governor Grisham and seeking an immediate block on the order. So you may see a quick injunction in this case, considering, again, it isn't actually law. It's made of nonsense and considering it's a massive encroachment on the Second Amendment right to carry again, affirmed by the Supreme Court last year in the Bruin case. Uh State Senate Republican Minority Leader Greg Baca says, uh, and he says there are two other lawsuits coming from both the House and Senate Republicans. They will also be seeking a restraining order in state court to stop enforcement. I want to know, too, from the DOJ, um, I have been uh, informed by multiple federal lawsuits within just like the last year or two. See Douglas Mackey, the Hillary meme guy, and see Donald Trump in his January 6th speech or whatever they're mad at him for in the Jack Smith special counsel case. That it is a federal crime to conspire to deny a constitutional right. That Douglas Mackey, the meme guy, conspired against people's voting rights when he uh, when he made those vote for Hillary by text memes on Twitter. And so he's going to prison for that. And that Donald Trump in all of his um, in his January 6th stuff and trying to uh, pursue legal means of of addressing election fraud grievances that he was actually denying your constitutional right to have your vote counted properly. This lady is blatantly conspiring to violate people's constitutional rights. When is the DOJ going to step in and stop this? I have not heard any plans for that. There's also calls for uh, impeachment coming from Republican lawmakers in New Mexico. Uh, Good for them. But unfortunately, unless I'm missing something that has uh, no chance the state house and Senate are both dominated by Democrats. If my sources are correct 
and we know their loyalty is to their own, not to the Constitution or to the rights of the people. Um, bottom line, again, for many reasons, this order is going nowhere. The cops aren't going to enforce it. The courts are probably going to stop it. But that's not good enough. In a proper country, this loon should be afraid to threaten the rights of the people in the way that she did. Uh, so Big Bird costume, town square tomorrow. Make it happen, Albuquerque. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about uh, this is a work of fiction I'm creating for my upcoming novel in Minecraft. Of course, it's going to be a Naturally. compelling, compelling read. So look for that hitting bookstores soon. They're going to uh, what's his name? Enrique. What's his nuts? Enrique Tario. Can I, I set the record? Enrique Iglesias. Who the fuck is that? A singer. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could beat in Enrique Tarrio's seditious conspiracy record. Uh, I may not get a hit piece, but maybe I get 23 years in prison. Uh, okay. Anything else on that before we talk Liberty Safe? No, let's do it. These people. All right. Well, in another gun-related scandal this week, Liberty Safe, which brands itself as uh, America's number one heavy-duty home and gun safe manufacturer, Liberty Safe is apparently doing its best to supplant Bud Light as the most hated company in America, though I'm not sure they are going to reach those heights. But people are pretty pissed off and they have already made some uh, policy changes in correction. But it all started on Monday night when the Hodge twins uh, tweeted that a, uh, a friend of theirs who is named uh, Nathan Hughes and Nathan Hughes lives in Fayetteville, Arkansas, that uh, Nathan Hughes was raided by the feds over his involvement in January 6th. So people are still getting raided some uh, two and a half years later. More than that, if my uh, sources on time are correct. The feds called the manufacturer of his safe, which is Liberty Safe, and they got the passcode to get into his safe. All of this for, for protesting at the Capitol, apparently. I'm not exactly sure what the nature of the allegations against Nathan Hughes for January 6th are, but they're going after him for that. So Nathan confirmed the story the next day, and he said in a video posted on Twitter that Liberty Safe gave the FBI a master code to get into his gun safe. So my initial reaction to this story was, what the hell? How do they like was the safe connected to the Internet? How did they get the code to the safe? Well, apparently each safe has a unique override or master code assigned to it from the factory. So if I understand correctly, it's not one code that applies to all safes. It's that from the factory at Liberty safe, your safe has an override code that they keep on file and they keep this on file in case you are an idiot and lose the, um, the combo to your safe, which, you know, happens and I, I get it. So maybe that makes some I hate sense. That still, but of course, it wasn't uh, the customer. It wasn't Nathan saying, you know what? I'm locked out of my safe. You got like a, a way to get into it. Yeah. Um, no, it was the FBI that went to Liberty Safe and Liberty Safe gave them this master code for Nathan's safe. And uh, Nathan said, that's pretty crazy. He didn't even know they could do that. And that means a lot of gun safes are not actually safe. Liberty Safe responded in a statement on Tuesday saying, yeah, we uh, we did give the FBI master uh, a master access code to Nathan's safe because the FBI had a warrant to search the man's property. Liberty Safe, they say they did this voluntarily. They gave the code to the FBI voluntarily after the FBI submitted a request on August 30th in a statement. Liberty Safe said, quote, we are devoted to protecting the personal property and Second Amendment rights of our customers and we have repeatedly denied requests for access codes without a warrant in the past. 
We do not give out combinations without proper legal documentation being provided by authorities. That statement it was just a warrant. Yeah. And if unless I'm mistaken, the warrant was for Nathan Hughes, not for Liberty Safe. But maybe I'm not understanding. I'll I'll get to that in just a second. But uh, so that mm. statement was not well received by critics. Uh, and so they got ratioed into Wednesday and there were calls to boycott the company. Liberty Safe's Twitter account continued uh, or, or at least followed up um, after that. And now they're saying they're going to change the policy. Uh, not only can customers. So if you're a Liberty Safe customer now, um, you can actually call up Liberty Safe and say, if you have any existing master code records for my safe, please erase those. And they will. But going forward, Liberty Safe will supply access codes to law enforcement only if a subpoena compels them. And of course, only if those records exist at the company at all, which now customers they're saying have the power to erase. The big problem for Liberty Safe here is that they handed over this access code voluntarily. The correct answer to the feds at the time was, sorry, that's not our property. We will not facilitate the searching of someone else's property. That safe is not our property. So your dispute is between you and Mr. Hughes, the guy for whom you have a, a warrant. Now it's created this horrible precedent. Yeah, well, and I guess it's for people other than Nathan Hughes here. It's kind of a good warning that maybe these safe companies are more capable of things than we realize that they were. I certainly was. I guess I I've never done this. I've never called a safe company to see if they can open my safe. But I guess maybe I would have thought that's a possibility. The idea of them handing over the code to someone else voluntarily, whether it's the FBI or not is insane. And if the feds got forceful with them to recover the code, well, okay, I get it. Then it's a fed problem. It's not a Liberty safe problem necessarily. If the feds are threatening them with some sort of punishment, if they don't comply. But as as far as I understand, there was nobody forcing Liberty safe's hand. They complied willingly and eagerly, and they exposed a customer security rather than protecting it. You have that problem. Plus, many customers were not at all aware that Liberty Safe maintained such master codes and could unlock these safes at any time. It seems like a pretty important piece of information to disclose. And perhaps Liberty Safe did. I'm not saying they didn't, but it does seem that people were not aware of that, the existence of this code for their safe. And so maybe that could be presented a little more obviously. But how do you really know that Liberty Safe messed up? Well, because the FBI is saying that Liberty Safe did a great job, or at least a former agent is. So speaking with News Nation, Tracy Walder, uh, a former CIA and FBI agent says, quote, if the FBI serves you a warrant, you don't have a choice but to comply with it. I actually have a Liberty Safe of my own and I have no plans of getting rid of it. So the FBI endorsement, I don't know if Liberty Safe will run with these ads or not. Um, And yeah, like if you're Nathan Hughes and you get served with a search warrant, correct. You have no choice but to comply with it unless you want additional charges coming your way. Right, right. But not not Liberty Safe unless I'm mistaken. Now, maybe I'm not understanding and Liberty Safe was served with a warrant against Liberty Safe. But I think him, right? Yeah, I I think what happened here is the FBI had a search warrant for Nathan they go to Liberty Safe and say, hey, we're going to go search his house and he's got this safe. We have a, a lawful warrant to search his house, but could you just help us out by telling us the code? And it sounds like Liberty Safe did. Now, that to me, put it another way. Let's say that the FBI has a warrant against my neighbor's house. 
And because we're neighbors and we help each other out, I know the combo to his garage door opener. And the FBI comes to my house and says, well, you know, here's a valid search warrant signed off by a judge. Could you just help us out by getting into his garage? Just tell us the key code. I would say, uh, no, go away. You have, right. no, I'm not helping you. That's between you and him. It's not my job to facilitate this investigation or facilitate your entry onto the property. But that appears is exactly what Liberty Safe did, unless I'm missing something here. No, um, so, yeah, I mean, the answer in Do that case. Do you remember when that we were trying to get that um, that iPhone open from that terrorist? Yeah. I, I, what a debacle that was. And even and here, Apple and then, couldn't do it or something. Or did they, they have refused. to get Apple to do it? Apple refused they to do it. They were trying to get thing. Apple to and Apple refused. And this was a this was a some sort of domestic terrorist incident. I can't remember which one. Like actual. Well, I guess I don't know what Nathan Hughes did. Maybe he did commit actual violence. I don't know. But come but you, on. I mean, yeah. They're going to they're going to weaponize these things against law abiding Americans. That's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, well, and and it, it's 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 the voluntary component of Liberty Safe that is the big problem here. It's that the FBI said, hey, buddy, could you help us out? And they said, sure, friend, right away. Instead of show me the paperwork or get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And they did show him paperwork, but for a different guy, that's not them is if I'm understanding this. I know. So Godspeed, Liberty Safe. Now, if Liberty Safe has some hope to recover here, I mean, the, the, the reality that was so damaging for Bud Light that doesn't necessarily apply to Liberty Safe. I think for a lot of guys who are in the market to go buy a safe, you're going to think twice about Liberty Safe, obviously. But, but safes are gigantic purchases that you make very infrequently. And so if you just bought maybe... Two, three years ago, you bought a giant Liberty safe for thousands of dollars. You got tons of guns in it. I mean, what are you going to do? Throw it away? Yeah. Buy a new safe? Like, I think this will potentially impact future sales for Liberty safe, but it's just not as easily replaceable as as a can of beer, you know? So no, but they clearly rely on future sales. It's not the type of business model where they're relying on, on a, a past sales. Yeah, maybe. This could bankrupt uh, them. Maybe they go dry from, yeah, I mean, maybe it completely dries up from this point forward. It's I also guess, a much but... more targeted audience than Bud Light. Like, that's true. Dumbass leftists also drink, also drink Bud Light. But who's buying a gun safe? 0% leftists. If, yeah, if you're the sort of person who's buying a gigantic multi thousand dollar safe, uh, you are pretty. You have in... a ton of guns and you care about this stuff yeah you're invested this might in collapse uh, their business in your yeah. Rights. yeah maybe maybe it will maybe it will be more consequential than i'm giving it credit for i mean there's going to come a time eventually where i have to uh expand my safe capabilities if i don't go the 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 true freedom route of what are you guys doing put you, putting your guns in safes but to the extent i'm worried about uh, potential thievery that day will come and um Am I going to go to Liberty Safe? Yeah, no, not after something like this. I guess my question is, though, how common is this in the industry? And I don't know. Right. I don't yeah. I don't have a Liberty Safe, but I also don't know that the manufacturer of my safe doesn't do this exact same thing. That's just never really crossed my mind. So I need to look into that and see if that's even a possibility. How many people are calling their safe company right now being like, oh, I'm locked out of my safe. Can you uh, give me that? Uh, yeah. Are you got any codes for this one? Delete that. Yeah. Shit. All right. We're a little behind and I want to leave enough time for hoax hate and of course the movie. So I'll be quick um, with the Hunter Biden stuff. 
But uh, it sounds like they're going to go after Hunter Biden on the gun stuff once again. Now newly appointed, but same lawyer as the old lawyer guy, special counsel David Weiss, who's, of course, investigating his own prior investigation of Hunter Biden. He's apparently set to retry the same thing that they tried that fell apart in court. Uh, What, back at the end of July or whenever that was. So uh, they're going to go after Hunter on some gun charge and ignore the primary substance of his criminality with his overseas business dealings. And almost that almost certainly involved uh, his then vice president dad. On Wednesday, David Weiss said he plans to indict Hunter Biden on a gun charge related to lying on the form about being a drug addict in 2018. Of course, per federal law, if you're a user of illegal drugs, you're not eligible to purchase or own a firearm. You're a prohibited person. Hunter Biden did that anyway. Weiss says he's going to try to bring this charge by the end of the month. And this is the same charge that Weiss and prosecutors originally agreed to all but drop. They gave it some, uh, excuse me, some sort of deferral. They were going to allow Hunter to go through a rehab program and not face the felony gun charge uh, was was part of the deal. Uh, Of course, that ill-fated plea deal failed um, when the judge discovered that it granted widespread immunity, uh, widespread immunity to Hunter and it fell apart. And so here we are. The charge could actually go to trial, though Hunter's lawyer says he will challenge any effort for that to happen, for this uh, going to trial. Um, And he's arguing that the original deal that they cut uh, over the summer remains valid and prevents any additional charges from being filed. So Hunter's legal team is still trying to get that to to remain in place. Even if that happens um, and this goes to trial again, Hunter is going to, he might face this ticky tack gun charge and his non tax payment. That was the other part of that deal. But apparently there's still no serious inquiry into exactly how Hunter made all that money that he didn't pay taxes on in the first place, at least from the (laughs) DOJ paintings and you know, whatever he did consultations. Uh, he, you know, pimp for weird Asian hookers who give great footies or whatever it was that he was doing at the time. Um, but the prospect for this gun charge does remain interesting, uh, because Hunter may suddenly become a hardened second amendment advocate. As Jonathan Turley explains, Hunter's legal team may defend him by attacking the underlying federal law against drug users, buying guns as unconstitutional. In fact, recently, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals um, ruled that that law violates the Second Amendment, relying on the Supreme Court's Bruin decision last year. Of course, Bruin established that gun laws must conform to the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. The court concluded the drug ban part does not, apparently. Joe Biden, of course, has called the Bruin decision an abomination and has uh, supported every gun law imaginable including this one now his son may be in position to argue the opposite though and joe biden will probably be very quiet about that if it happens the other thing i'm unclear about even if this were to go to trial um and hunter biden was successful making an argument that him being a an illegal a user of illegal drugs blocking him from firearm ownership is unconstitutional Um, would that hold when technically his crime is not just being a drug user in possession of a gun? Technically, his crime is lying on the form under penalty of law. And he did lie on the form. Oh, that's true. So who cares about the underlying issue? I'm not I'm not sure it's going to be successful. Even if the court grants that the, the underlying law is bad, he still lied on the form. Interesting. So maybe some entertainment factor here, though, of course, nothing, uh, close to the deserved entertainment factor of 
Finding the truth of how much this guy exploited his family name to uh, undermine the country's interests and get his family paid. But maybe those uh, members of Congress will get to the bottom of it sooner rather it's than It's just later. frustrating that they keep acting like they're going to do something about this. Like, I find that more frustrating than them ignoring what's going on. Because well, it, it gets everybody going. It gets this, uh, the, 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 especially the right. Oh, there's, there's finally going to be justice. It's like... To the to the credit of the of the congressional committees, they have uncovered significant evidence that was previously, if not unknown, not widely known. I think of examples like that FBI informant file that really detailed the specific. What among those uh, allegations? No, they aren't allegations. What what among those um, those findings could we not have surmised anyway? Like, well, did you but read that, anything that surprised you? No, not necessarily, but that's not necessarily. The point is that you don't have to rely on that sort of supposition, that you don't have to infer based on connecting dots A and B that you can see stronger evidence for it, stronger evidence in the form of testimony from a reliable or at least formerly reliable, long-time reliable FBI source. That's much stronger than saying... uh well, it would appear based on circumstantial evidence A, B, and C that this is what he was doing. Not that that's not credible. But there's it's going just, to be no yeah. legal outcome. So all it does is is validate our egos. And, hmm. you know, we could have done that on our own. Well, so may- I, I'm, you know, there's no, there's no there's no outcome here that's going to satisfy anybody. The revenge prosecution. You got to get someone else in the White House and get the revenge AG in place. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that's just a fantasy at this point. Yeah, well... We'll see how much uh, the fortification is a factor come next year. Yeah, really. Uh, All right. Uh, Time for the hoax hate of the week. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In western Los Angeles, the manager of a gay bar called Sorry Not Sorry says the bar has been under attack from homophobic vandals and even arsonists over the bar's constant and ongoing support for the LMNOP community. The general manager does not know for sure, but he believes but he believes that it may be due to their constant and ongoing support for the LGBTQ community. He believes that is why they may have been targeted so many times. Sorry Not Sorry has never hit their support for the LGBTQ plus community, but the general manager now worries it may have led to crimes targeting his business. Everyone was in a state of shock, I think. We had a swastika uh, just drawn in marker on the front of our restaurant. Uh, We had the word AIDS drawn (laughs) on the pole in front of our restaurant. And during their burlesque show last Friday, they were victimized again. Someone poured accelerant into the hoods of three of our employees' cars, slashed two of their tires, and then set all three of those cars on fire. I parked behind the bar just like any other normal shift. Logan Elliott's a bartender here. His car was set on fire. And I go over and look out the fence, and I see three cars just on fire on every like front fender. Thankfully, they caught it fast, but still the fire damaged three cars and the string of crimes left the business scarred. The morale has changed and we're trying to definitely bring it back, but we can't let that, you know, hold us back. We're not going anywhere. We're not shutting down. 
We're not stopping anything. Sadly, for sorry, not sorry, the crimes come at a time when business has slowed. So they are hoping the crimes stop and business picks back up soon. That's hmm. real convenient. Did that first faggot have a glass eye? Did you notice that? Uh, something was a little janky, yeah. Um, it just happens to be when uh, where our business is about to fail. So uh, come out here and support us. No, none of this happened. Well, we needed a business AIDS. <laughs> Well, that's that's why I was so confused. I had you double check. Like, can we find an image of? Because I haven't seen it, at least of the the vandalism part. We'll get to the arson component in a moment. But this claim of a swastika yeah. and AIDS, I heard him say, well, it was a, like a, a marker drawing. OK, well, how damaging could that actually be? Unless the guy was and there also, for hours making a giant one out of yeah. a Sharpie. That's a really but, neutral thing to say. It didn't say I'm going to give you AIDS or you probably have AIDS, but <laughs> pirate. It just said AIDS. And as reported in The Advocate, it says um, had it. It doesn't even not only can we not find images of it, it's not even clear that it was on their property has had swastikas and the word AIDS painted on or near its property. Now, he said the AIDS thing was on like the streetlight pole outside of the building. I don't even know where the swastika was. And the story says on or near. What does that even mean? Completely unclear. And to the extent they're describing it as done with marker, it seems pretty minimal. Um, again, no pictures of it that we could identify. And, uh, as far as the arson, this supposedly happened during their burlesque show on a Friday night. And as you saw in the video story there, there were tons of people there, a lot of people there. And there were cameras on the entire event. So we have a lot of people attending this event, uh, and we have cameras active. I don't have the uh, images in front of me, but you know, they were in the video story there. So despite what had to be minimum dozens and dozens of people there and cameras on the generic area of where these cars were supposedly started on fire. No witnesses, no images of them, no description of whoever did this at all. How is that possible given the amount of people there and given the cameras active, there are no arrests yet. LAPD says they're investigating. I searched for a GoFundMe for sorry, not sorry. You said you didn't didn't find anything. You didn't find one either. No, I but did, they, they are talking about coming out. You know, they're like, we're doing badly. People are going to support them by giving them business. Do they need to go fund me? Well, you go look at their Instagram. I don't have it in front of me, but if you go look, they have, uh, you know, a, a, an Instagram of modest traffic, an Instagram account, and they're promoting their events and their food and their drinks. And you will see engagement in the neighborhood of five likes, 10 likes. Oh, look, we got attacked by Nazis and they wrote AIDS on our building. 2000 likes. Yeah. Oh, please. Uh, while you're here, why don't you come check out this shitty, you know, music show that we have on Friday night? And then people think, oh, I'm here to stop the hate. I'll buy a burger or whatever. Uh, wow. I mean, funny, especially when they're admitting, like you like you said, we, listen, we were in need of a business boost. So uh, hopefully this does it. I just don't understand. I shouldn't have said that. It is a weird thing to say outright. But clearly, like in the story, you see that there there is visible uh, flame damage on the car, like heat damage on the car. And of course you could stab tires really quickly. Just take a knife and do it very, very fast. But the fire thing, if, if this was hoax and I, I have to believe at least part of this is hoax. Uh, what did they do? Did they, they said they poured accelerant. So they just like pour something all over the cars and drop a match and run or what? They also said that it was close to a propane tank or one of those, um, 
just like a case for a bunch of propane tanks like you'll see at a gas station. And I saw an image of that in the news story. So if they did actually light these cars on fire next to a bunch of propane tanks. Nah, they probably didn't. Ballsy hoax if that's what they did. Or did they just not do that at all? Meeting some like office meeting where everybody got together and he's like, okay, who has the shittiest car and the best insurance? You and you start your car on fire. Uh, probably. I think that's how it went. I dare you fucking bitch. That was <laughs> real audio from the meeting. Uh we'll we will we will Jen Saki circle back if we learn more information about the dreaded sorry not sorry Nazi arsonist who loves to make fun of people's aids. We never do. Hey, talk about metadata. How much data do we have in terms of hoax hate? A lot. The seven years we've been doing our show. We should aggregate this and see how many have updates. I bet it's like yeah. One percent. Uh, very few. And uh, I uh, of the many things that if, you know, again, if I had more resources and these are things that may become options again in the future when I'm free to talk about things that I want to talk about, but I can't yet. But it's coming soon in a few weeks. I swear to God. Um, oh God, one of the things that everybody would, off all the time would be nice with some more resources is uh, like in terms of assistant work that I could use is a more formal catalog of hoax hate in that way, like a more easily referenceable archive of all of them that have been discussed. Cause the only way to do that now is just to go back manually. And I save links to the source material of everything. So if you want to devote a day to it or two, you could go back and find every hoax hate that's been discussed in the hundreds of episodes of this show, but nobody wants to do that because it's not archived in real time. It's uh that's a big project for someone to take on now, but maybe, maybe it'll happen. Um, this one is not necessarily a hate thing. I was convinced this is fake, but then I encountered evidence that says it's not. No, this definitely happened. As soon as I heard about this, I was like, this is hilarious and totally happened. So this Minneapolis activist far left victim of a brutal armed carjacking that occurred in the driveway of her home on Tuesday evening, but it was still light outside. Shivanti Sathanandan. Did I do it? Uh, I don't know. We got to ask Raja Muhan about that one. Whatever. She's a second vice chairwoman, chairwoman of the Democratic. <laughs> She's what? Sorry. Democratic Farmer Labor Party in Minneapolis. Um, she got her ass kicked, and then four youths, who I assume were black, um, they she they fucked her up. They they beat her pretty badly. She broke her leg. She has a bunch of lacerations on her head, and she has cuts and bruises all over her body. Uh, and they were armed. I don't know if they had guns or knives. And this happened in front of her kids. And then they stole her vehicle. Uh, so, And there were witnesses. And so she was um, best known for being a really vocal defund the police lady. Um, and then she, she had all these posts about defunding the police, you know, bringing the power back to the people, whatever the fuck. She did the class. Dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. Yeah. So she was very serious. Yeah, totally. And then yeah. once this happened, she posted, look at my face. Remember me when you're thinking about supporting letting juveniles and young people out of custody to roam our streets instead of holding them accountable for their actions. Ah. You could have been reading the obituary for me and my children today. Well, um, dang it. Don't, don't taunt care. us. I mean, some, some Indian immigrant that wants to defund our police and change our culture gets her ass beat and her car stolen in broad daylight by a bunch of um, like reckless black youths. The story is hilarious. It has everything. This is hilarious. Now, this is exactly what she gets. I will admit that I thought this was fake based on almost no reading of the story and just looking at the photo. Do you not think that the blood looks fake, though? 
I don't know. I mean, maybe, but this, but it, but this for sure happened. There were like her children were witnesses. And I think there were several witnesses on the street. It was yeah. daylight. Yeah. And, and the, they broke her leg. This isn't like, <laughs> look at my little cut. Of, I mean, she had a, like a broken femur. They Admittedly, I did. So a broken femur. Holy shit. Seriously. I think so. Let me That's look. like yeah. life threatening. Uh, yeah, I they, mean, even a, a tib yeah. fib can be life threatening under the, you know, whatever, certainly if it breaks the skin or whatever, but uh, broken femur is that's, that's really serious. Um, the reason I thought this was fake though, is cause like the, the blood on her face is nonsense. Like where there's blood, like that just looks like she took a Q-tip and sort of applied it to her nose. Like where's that blood even coming from? It's just starting from nowhere and dripping down her nose because why it looks like a Halloween makeup, like a badly done Halloween. Makeup yeah. Okay. It just says broken leg. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, who knows? Yeah, that looks yeah, totally knows? real. She probably took it right after it happened. I thought for sure that was fake, but then I read the story uh, earlier today. And to the point that you just made, um, there is, there are witnesses in addition to just her kids. Uh, There's at least one neighbor guy or a a contractor who is doing work for a neighbor. Not that it would be inconceivable for a guy to lie, but um, this worker, James Tusignant, I don't know how to pronounce that name, but that's, we'll just call him James. He was building a fence for a neighbor when he saw this group of kids walk by. He said the group then attacked this woman in her own driveway while her kids screamed for help. This fence builder guy says the neighbors wanted to help, but they couldn't because these kids were armed. And I I think he says that they pointed guns. Yeah, we saw the guns. So to your question earlier, whether was it was it knives or guns? He's saying it was guns and he saw them and he says the kids jumped into the neighbor's car. I assume it means her car, the woman who was beaten, Uh, but they couldn't get in because they didn't know how to drive yet. That's a very (laughs) weird explanation. Maybe it was a manual transmission or something. No, I think they just were low IQ and didn't have a plan. Uh, None of us knows how to drive. Okay, not one. We can't drive. All right. Uh, I guess this Grand Theft Auto is not happening, but at least we beat her ass was how this unfolded. Great. So everybody wants to come to America. Welcome. Welcome to America. This is the shit that happens in America. Welcome to little Mogadishu. Congratulations. Bitch would be better off in Calcutta or whatever. She's (laughs) she's All right. Anything else before the movie review? No, I'm so excited about this. Okay, let's get to it. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 2003 Adventure at Sea Master and Commander, The Far Side of... I wrote this wrong. I always want to say The Far Side of the Universe. It's The Far Side of the World. It's not The Far Side of the Universe, but... This is a movie in which a British naval officer is assigned to intercept a French privateer off the South American coast and takes the scenic route to accomplish it at a high cost to the men under his command from movie picker. The house always wins. It's a fascinating look into 19th century naval life in combat where combat was both grim and more distinguished. Uh, as far as Jamie, uh, Jamie listener, Jamie and Jeannie's AI art for the week. Uh, it, it, it really tried with blonde this time, but I've seen better work from the A. I thought a mix between uh, Chucky and Owen Wilson as Hansel in Zoolander. Why is my face so small? Yeah, it, the proportions are all off. It's like 
your whole head is kind of tiny and then you still have like weird man arms because that's a male character that it tried to make female yeah anyway uh okay um as always your review and your rating um I love Peter Weir. I loved Witness. I loved Picnic at Hanging Rock. What else did he make? I, I've loved so many Truman of his Show. films. So I, I love Truman, Truman Show. Show. Love yeah. Truman Show. Um, but I so I went into this like I knowing I was going to like it, but I thought it was just an absolutely perfect film. Just, wow, just perfect. Like I, I don't even know if I if I have any real criticism. Um, it it captured the time period and and then the harshness of the era and of life at sea. And then I loved how there were these storylines of, um, of the younger men on the boat and the older men and them, and them imparting all of this knowledge to them. Um, I think it was just brilliant. And then of course the best scene was the self-surgery scene. It was right up my alley. Like it was just so yeah, I figured you'd appreciate some of that. I was watching. I was like, Oh, so gnarly, uh, perfect casting, the tempo, the cinematography, the, the minimal use of C, uh, CGI Peter Weir can really tell a story um, with restraint without compromising uh, the action value. And I just thought he just did such a, just a fantastic job. Perfect film. Five out of five. Oof. I, I just, if you, I, I can't imagine you did not love this. You know, uh, well, are you, are you finished or I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt. Well, I, I would talk for forever about this, but yeah. it was just, I just have no major criticisms. Uh, Russell Crowe was just so good. He was such a perfect leader and, and handsome. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's not um, Mel. Come on. Uh, he's not Mel. That is true. <laughs> I just have no complaints. It was, it was historically accurate and I, I just had a, a hell of a time watching it. It was like a nonstop thrill ride. Um, for me, this was among the worst kinds of movies to watch. And ah! I say that not, not actually out of hatred because I file this under the movies that I want to like, but couldn't <gasps> let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Because there are things that I like about it. Um, primarily for sure you were going to give this a five. No, no, I'll explain why. And it, to, well, let me explain why up top. Just in general, I found it to be a very boring, slow presentation, <gasps> even though there are things I like about it, even love about it. It's like there's a lot of downtime in between those things. But um, fundament what I appreciate most about this movie, fundamentally, it's a movie about masculine virtue. It is a movie about chasing adventure despite danger. It's a movie Are you about listening to yourself. I know this is why I this. This is what I'm talking about. It's like on paper. I like this movie watching it. I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> so that's the challenge. Um, but yeah, chasing adventure despite danger, completing the mission despite setbacks, strategizing to win despite the odds. These are all things that um, not only are movies from <laughs> Hollywood sorely lacking these days because all men are evil, but I think men in general society wide are lacking. We, Instead of um, instead of adventure, we seek safety. Now we instead of perseverance, we quit instead of strategizing. We we look for someone else off in the government to do it for us. These are themes that I love. Not crazy about the presentation, but the themes that I love. Also, what I can praise no shoehorned romance. In fact, hardly any female characters oh, yeah. at all. They're were like there any chicks They're like Brazilian women who are unnamed for five seconds. 
And that's not an anti-woman thing. You're right. I'm just realizing now. It's not an anti-romance thing even, but it is recognition to me that dynamics among men aren't just important stories. They're often stories of some of the greatest consequence. They're stories of wars that are won and discoveries that are made and cities that are built and, and, um, and the construction of prosperity in general. Again, themes I love. Uh, I will grant your appreciation of the self-surgery. I get why you would you would like that. For me, the best scene in the movie is the exchange between uh, Aubrey, uh, Russell Crowe's character, the captain guy, and Maturin is kind of like a biological researcher, right-hand man guy, when Aubrey disciplines the one guy for not saluting his superior and shoulder bumping him, and Maturin's like, come on, dude, that's insignificant insubordination. And Aubrey responds, well, men must be governed. And then they get kind of lukewarm, heated in their argument from there. Um, and I know that in a military context, this is much different than than in a, a civilian context and our relationship with government. But fundamentally, this was a dispute about uh, whether freedom is good for its own sake or whether we need control from a moral authority. And I think, um, as you won't be shocked to learn, I'm probably more on Maturin's side of that argument that I think that um, when men assume the moral leadership of God rather than men, uh, that becomes a, an argument for, for tyranny, an argument for the seizure of authority and illegitimate ways and means. Um, but what I liked about this dispute was that there are, there's, there's uh, merit and fault on both sides. I would actually amend uh, Aubrey's argument, not to say that men must be governed, but men must be led. No man has automatic authority over another man, but what gives men authority over other men is the is the consent of those other men, the willingness of those men to subject themselves or to to put themselves under that leadership. And so that's a long way of of getting to what I think in this dispute, I think Aubrey is right about direction, as in we have to pursue uh, moral correctness. Maturin is right about sovereignty, whether man has rightful control over man in that way or not. Again, the military context, it's a little bit different. Now, you might say that I'm fence sitting by saying both guys have merit and fault on their sides. But that's why that dispute is great. It really is a thinker that um, that will that that causes you to think critically about what both guys are saying. And I appreciated that. Uh, Lastly, uh, it's significant. It's significant that the solution to the problem is found in an unexpected place. Aubrey observes this walking stick, this bug that looks like a stick, and he applies that principle of disguise to form his strategy to defeat the superior ship. And he you does this. Find af- that twist delightful. I'm, I'm saying that's a good thing. That's a thing that I liked. Yes. I'm, it sounds like you're giving this movie a rave review and I'm you're praising. like, I'm bored. Yes, oh, I was God, bored. For God's <laughs> sakes. I have an aneurysm uh, over here. No, you're going to. Ha- wait, wait, wait. I don't have my button handy. You're not going to have an and- aneurysm. You're going to have a. Hold on. Comedic timing off. There we go. Deep vein thrombosis. DVT. That's what you're going to have. Anyway. Um, okay. So he, he's he's trying to strategize for how to defeat this ship. And, and the whole time he's been telling his, his right-hand man, we're not going to do this stupid biological zoological research. That's a waste of time. Oh, wait. That actually provided us with a principle that we can apply to the task at hand, which is using a camouflage to attack the ship to defeat it. The point that I love about this is like expertise in a particular field in a very, in one particular area. is not always the solution to even that particular problem. You would rather know a lot about, no, wait, I don't want to get this backward. 
You would rather know a little about a lot than a lot about little. That is to say, if you have a wide range of knowledge about a variety of topics, you can grab principles from different areas and apply them to solve problems and think creatively. And that was a great demonstration of that. So yes, did I just get done praising all the great things about this movie? I did. That said, bored out of my mind. And I hate that I was bored out of my mind. I felt like it was a nonstop thrill ride. I could not look away the whole movie. Maybe I caught this movie at the wrong time where I'm deep in my DVT and maybe I'm tired from the family travel or something like that. But man, okay, I the the pace like I get that this movie is presenting the uh, trying to do an authentic presentation of uh, 19th century sailboats. Right. And those are not race cars. They're not fighter jets. They move slowly, and so an authentic presentation requires oh, my that. My face is going to get stuck like this. But, but, I, but authenticity in a historical presentation and entertainment are not synonymous things. In fact, most of history can be very boring. And I thought, in general, there's a lot of time between the exciting, interesting parts in this movie. And I'm really struggling in the intermittent parts, which is like, okay, this, the crew, if we're fighting off undernourishment on the boat we have boring soft-spoken dialogue at sea we have uh amputation prescribed for every other injury i get it i understand it um and i really even though i appreciate uh some of the disputes that i was just talking about i thought the personalities were as boring as could possibly be oh my god i hate you much like their ship deck scrub brush they were all utility and no fun and uh choking you think that guy killed himself because aubrey uh he he couldn't live up to aubrey and the ship's expectations no he killed himself because the speech to inspire him was so fucking boring that's why he killed himself and i already i would i would refer to him by name but i already forgot his name because he was so fucking boring that's my problem and i I, that's that's why i hate there are movies you love to hate you know see the long list of controversial ones i have like blade runner or even citizen kane or whatever i love to hate those movies I hate to hate this movie because there are many things I can list that I appreciate about it. But while watching it, I was bored out of my goddamn mind. So regrettably, I gave it a two wiki rating. It's definitely enough for me, dog. But I, it hurt. What? It hurt me to do it. Oh my god! Show divorce. Show divorce. <laughs> Uh, yeah, surely you've had movies like that, though, where you want to get into it and you just can't. Okay, yeah, yeah. I felt the same way about Reservoir Dogs because I'm generally a Tarantino guy and I just I wanted to like it. I, I hate just a Reservoir Dogs, so I have I, a hard time belie- believing that Master and Commander is on the same level of, of filmmaking as Reservoir Dogs, which was a giant pile of dog shit i'm clearly in the minority almost half the early voters agree with you it's a five wiki production so you know my inability to find entertainment in it is clearly not uh the majority view among people who have voted early so i will grant that it's so weird though because i was watching it and i was like matt is gonna just love this movie i want to love it i want to i just can't it's like i don't even know you (laughs) i just i just can't you know sometimes like sometimes it just just doesn't work for you. And I, that, that was one for me next week, the hunt for red October, which I've never seen either. I saw it last so, year or something like that. So we'll watch that. It's got Sean Connery in it. So that's always exciting. Uh, oh, and then yeah. we have one more week of votes 
Uh, on movie nominations from listener, the house always wins. The remaining nominees are the dark Knight, Dune hot shots, the day after tomorrow fury, or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead. As I mentioned, this is the last week to vote on the list for September next week. The list will refresh for October. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, vote for the next movie and submit uh, and or uh, sign. Uh, let's try once again and or sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt Christensen media.com. Or perhaps if you're mad about this review, try Matt And that will be a more satisfying web address for you. I just, I just don't understand. Uh, at some level, neither do I, but that's, it's one of those movies where you can list things you like about it. And yet it, it was boring and yet you didn't find entertainment in it. And yet you don't want to watch it again, which I definitely don't want to watch it again. I would, if, if my husband came home right now and was like, let's watch this movie. I'd be like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Did you guys watch it together? Or did you watch it alone? I watched it alone. Oh, okay. So, and he hasn't seen it. I take it. No, he saw it and he was like, oh, that movie's really boring. See, he knows he's got it. But I think he was in a weird headspace. Listen, I'm rationalizing. All right. My husband cannot have a a bad opinion about Master (laughs) and Commander. All right. Uh, That's all I've said. And I look forward to the to the people who are going to be mad and email me or write comments. I actually kind of get it. You know, like this is one of those cases where I'm unlike the aforementioned Blade Runner or Citizen Kane or these movies where I will stand by my 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 passionate hatred for these movies. This is one where I have a regrettable dislike. And so I'm not going to fight the people who like it. They're not fakers like the cane lickers. The cane lickers are liars. Nobody actually likes that movie. I understand I that movie. I understand how people like this one. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm in labor right now. <laughs> uh, we're due to, well, that, that we're not due for anything. That's the end of uh, tonight's show. We just got to catch up with uh, the chats and we'll call it an evening. Um, let me catch up on rumble here. Let's see. Uh, Oh, late to the party says distrust of each and every company should be the baseline. They always tend to comply with state pressure. Online privacy moves are very important. Check out info from Naomi Brockwell. I don't know the name, but yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate that maybe this was never the case. It just seems like in the past you could rely on businesses to stick in their lane and serve their customer. Mm, now not anymore. You it's like they c- don't give a fuck about money. Weirdly, yeah. I mean, the 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 baseline assumption of uh, well, it's not the baseline assumption of a capitalist system. I, I guess I would say there are moral components even before that, but it is a core assumption of a capitalist system that people are going to seek that profit motive. That that will be what drives yeah. their. Which is, you know, my my criticism of capitalism are that it's too cutthroat, but at least you can anticipate people's incentives, the incentives to which they respond, which is somewhat reassuring, right? But now I'm like, I don't even know how people are going to respond. How do I even make decisions? Yeah, now it's like, well, I know they exist to make money for their investors or for the ownership of the company, but maybe not. Maybe they exist to appease the left wing whim of the moment or to do whatever the state tells them to, even if there's no legal reason they have to. I mean, but. did you even want to have sex with Russell, Russell Crowe like a little bit? 
Well, I, I, I had, I didn't even make a lot of gay jokes in this movie because it was a movie all about men on a boat, and they, they didn't even, uh, didn't even make some gay navy jokes or anything like that. No, I was not uh, attracted to Russell Crowe. I mean, come on, like if you had to. Uh, no, there is like no desert to. island. One man. No. What are you trying to? What are you trying to trap me into here? Laughing boy says, just trying to understand, you know, laughing boy says, uh, so if I had said, well, I didn't really like this movie, but uh, Russell Crowe was so hot that I've changed my mind. You would accept that. I I think I'd be able to get over your dislike of this movie. That's a big game, man. It'd be more palatable to me, you know? All right. Laughing boy says between governors and getting 20 years for a DM, uh, with a sell you a sa- sell you out safe company, Uncle Ted and Marvin Hemeyer were correct. Become ungovernable. That really is the answer. Yeah, um, that that the the fundamental truth in the Declaration of Independence, not just that government exists as a moral matter at the consent of the governed, as a practical matter, that's how it exists too. There are more of us than there are of them. Their army is not as big as the general citizen population. So as soon as we get serious about giving these people the finger, their power evaporates. If not all of it, like, sure, I guess they can pick a fight, but it'll be a losing fight. That's the point. Uh, As long as we remember that that power comes from us, it is not given to us by them. Laser or laser, rather, 47. This week's uh, this week's AI art. Blonde looks like Celine Dion performing at a show. (laughs) I mean, that. Celine Dion. Let me get this back up here. I, I, I mean, listen, I'm not going to simp for Celine so hard, but that, I mean, Celine Dion's better than that. I mean, like 30 years ago. Well, I guess, yeah, Titanic era okay, Celine Dion. She's like the pointiest of all women. She is pretty pointy. And I know but how I mean, you feel about pointy women. But I also, I mean, look at this. What am I looking at here? Again, it's, it's weird. Um, poor proportion Owen Wilson from Zoolander. Bro, this AI art thing is out of control. Okay. <laughs> I finally wore down people in the discord to send me those deep fakes that were going around. Oh yeah. And they're, they're terrible. Like, you know, because the AI still hasn't gotten there, but like, I know that the person that made them, it must've taken them 30 seconds to do it. Ah, as in it doesn't even require high effort to be convincing anymore. It doesn't require any effort yeah. to be somewhat convincing hmm. every chick had a different body it was very obvious it wasn't me ah. um but but you know that that's kind of troubling like the lack of effort that has to go into this hmm. are you well uh we're all set on rumble we're good on d live we're good on odyssey thank you guys over there so let's catch up on youtube and tippy stream i think we left off with uh boogeyman boogeyman yeah uh, i doubt it thank you buddy i'm trapped in the world. i, I love it. the ideas you guys discuss, and I love Matt's commitment to fact-based analysis, but you don't have explosions, so I have to downvote your videos, I guess. <laughs> Matt's rule. Not mine. I mean, I don't know that that's the most charitable characterization of my review, but... He said this at like 20 minutes into the show. I don't know how... Well, I'm sure he read the review before I actually oh. went through it, because I, I usually post it, you know, Saturday night or Sunday before the show. Um, but to the point, if... I made my precious fact-based analysis as dry as possible. And I deleted all of my stupid sounders and I deleted blonde spicy commentary and I just made it to the facts. No 
entertainment factor whatsoever. Like, would there be value in it? I hope. I hope it has value for its own sake. But I also hope that the reason there's value in my production is because it provides you with some level of entertainment value, that there's some laugh, that there's some shock, that there's some surprise, that there's something that you didn't necessarily expect or you didn't see coming that just provided you with that little bit of enjoyment. That is, yeah, I mean, that's what I was missing in this movie. And I know we can just call that explosions. I get it. I mean, I know that I probably should prioritize the intellectual merits that this movie brings over the, you know, the, the, the entertainment factor of, of cool visuals or awesome sound, or, you know, this, this point in scripting was really great or something. I understand. So I'm not trying to fight you too much. I'm just saying entertainment value matters. And even in this production, I try to deliver it though. Some would dispute the results correctly. Metal rules. Keep up the great work, fellow patriots. Thank you. Well, thank you for supporting the show. Knuckle Hunky Buck. If the Constitution is an absolute, then neither are any laws against borrowing a governess to dress her as Sticky Big Bird for early Halloween. Uh, yeah, she definitely deserves an early Halloween costume. And the, you're right. The, uh, the laws, the supposed assault and battery laws that would, uh, if not the insurrection laws that would ban such a thing, uh, they're not absolute. And we have decided that it's an emergency. So unfortunate for her, that is her fate. In Minecraft, in the novel that I'm writing. Correct. Um, lost my place. Long time, John. Matt and I once went to January 6th. I took my Polaroid camera and we took some sweet selfies with it on Nancy Pelosi's desk. We stashed them in Matt's library safe. Liberty safe. That makes more sense. I hope the feds won't find them. They have. They did. Uh, yeah, well, I can confirm I don't have a Liberty safe, but I, like I said, I'm not, I, I also can't confirm that the safe I do have wouldn't have the exact same effect if the feds tried that sort of thing. So I wonder, thank you, Long Don John. Johan Richardson, Governor Blonde for the emergency decree promoting uh, voter safety for 30 days from two weeks before election day until two weeks after temporary, temporarily <laughs> suspending the 19th amendment. Can you imagine? Uh, it sounds like an emergency to me and you know, uh, we, I'm not convinced that it's not that I'm not convinced her, her prescription to solving the violence problem of disarming nonviolent people, not going to have the desired effect. Your emergency prescription 100% is going to have the desired effect. That much I can. Did confirm. you see that that red haired giantess bitch Pearl is selling <laughs> women shouldn't vote shirts. Did you see this? She's, she's stolen your bit. Oh my no, God. I don't know. She's, it's not a, it's not a bit. Okay. She's stolen God. your philosophy. <laughs> this is maddening. She's like <laughs> yeah. on the street. She did some, I, I saw her do some, um, some ad read for it. And she was like, do you want to become a high value man that women flock to Buy my women shouldn't vote shirt? I'm like, you are nakedly ambitious. And you're talking about how women should stay in their lane. I'm lazy. I don't make any content. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> Authenticity. Okay, so it's not the it's not the perspective. It's that you don't believe that she's authentic in the perspective. She That's isn't what. authentic. She's okay. 27. She's not in a relationship. She was shacking up with this homeless black dude that abandoned his kids and stuff. And now she's like, women should be virgins. And if you aren't married when you're 28, you're fucked and blood. I'm like, well, what about what about you? Hmm. I have kids and stuff. I'm married. When is Get the stream going to happen so you guys can argue this out? I 
don't know. I mean, I just think she's a disaster. It really bothers me that she's gotten so famous because she makes so much. She must work 80 hours a week. It's like, what's her fucking plan here? She's going to like marry some random black dude and then like have mulatto babies and to take him to a nanny and then work 80 hours a week. And she's like everybody's goddess of the of the red pill community. It makes no fucking sense. All right. I. Kaiser and Gilroy. I'm disavow. That's I'm disavowing. I'm separating myself from this dispute. It's just it's just maddening. You know, there's there's accountability in this sphere. People rake other people over the coals for their personal mistakes. There is accountability. There is accountability. Shut up, bitch. That's the accountability. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Kaiser and Gilroy. Hey, you two. As we approach my 46th, you old son of a bitch, this coming Friday, I'd like to wish Blonde safe travels when she goes to the Japans. I heard Hiroshima and Nagasaki are the bomb. <laughs> it's not against the law, bro. Fuck you. Oh, where's... Oh, I didn't know. I got to find my LaDonna. I wasn't ready. It's not against the law, whole fuck. Thank you, sir. God, I love LaDonna so much. Issue. AI Matt is sure looking good these days. Got a tip for the AI duct tape production. I can't believe Matt survived a trip to San Francisco without any contact to needles of feces lining the streets of a once great city. Dude, it, it really did used to be. I remember going as a kid and being like, this place is magical. Uh, every time I go, I get kind of sad because um, even though it's not for me, like that really condensed, compressed urban life is not for me. It's just there's too many people too close together. But when you're out there in, uh, you know, and not a block without a homeless encampment on it, which is becoming more and more oh, rare, yeah. even in the air quotes, nice parts of the city. When you are standing there and you, you see like the, uh, the iconic Golden Gate and you see the architecture style and you see the city skyline and the fog rolling in, um, it is a very unique, Beautiful. one of a kind city in the world. And if you could actually clean it up, I get why people love it. It's not for me, but I completely understand why people would fall in love with that and why yeah. they have. And the weather um, is just, it's just perfect. Uh, I mean, it's kind of cold and rainy and crappy oh, in the oh, winter, it's so but good. you know, it's like Ireland. It feels like Ireland or something. Yeah. I, I, I get why people would like it. I actually, I think I'm in the minority too, in that I kind of hate the architecture, but it's unique. You know, you see that yeah. style, like the painted ladies, or you see, I don't even know what to call it. But when you see San Francisco architecture, you know, San Francisco, it's the other cities just aren't like that. Um, and so even if it's not for me, I can respect the uniqueness and the individuality, but it, it's totally yeah, ruined. It's I mean, what, what was I, and- what was an iconic American city? I mean, driving from the airport to, uh, you know, to, to, to the more Northern part of the peninsula to speak in, in generic terms, like a good drive through the city. I, I'd be exaggerating to say all, but most blocks have tents on them and vandalism and crazy people walking around being yeah. loosely threatening. I mean, I, I don't know how I did That's see crazy. one CVS that was open. I thought there's the one that survived. They did it. <laughs> Take a picture. I, yeah. I mean, it's um, and I'm, I don't consider myself a, a fearful person. Like, you know, if someone wants to start some shit like okay i guess i'll defend myself i'm not afraid of like sketchy looking people necessarily i am afraid of the circumstance like i didn't even want to walk on the street totally. at night because i see these these deranged drug addicted people 
And it's not that I'm afraid of what they're going to do to me, though they probably would do bad things. It's you I'm should a, be. I'm afraid of what the justice system, the so-called justice system yeah. in California will do to me if I have to act in my own defense or defense of my family. That's why I avoid the situation entirely. Yep. Yeah. Sucks. Totally. Um, shit, where was I? Jonathan Prezios? I don't know. I think uh, this was a little, I thought this was a little trigger happy. The cop really didn't need to be in front of the car. Am I getting soft? Lol. Um, um uh, yeah, I mean, she could have killed him. You can't just let criminals like that go. Well, if the cop doesn't need to be in front of the car, what is the solution? That she just drives away and they chase her until when? Like at yeah. some point you have to stop her from driving the car if she's driving the car to evade a lawful arrest. So how do you stop the car from being driven if not to block it? Maybe you'd prefer mm-hmm. that they block it by car, I guess. But I guess what I'm saying is to the extent that the initial confrontation was lawful and I guess what was a, a pending arrest, what they were trying to do was initiate an arrest. Was that lawful? Yes. Insofar as they had probable cause from the witness statement inside the grocery store, if they have If they are lawful in the physical stopping of her, which they were, her presenting a lethal force in response to that, that's on her. Whether the lethal force is by gun or car or anything else. Like, could they have not stepped in front of the car? I guess. I don't think that they were wrong to do that insofar as the, the physical confrontation itself was justified by the probable cause established in the moment. So, um. Uh, it's it's like when I was talking about this, it's like, okay, if we want to have these conversations about police accountability, like, yeah, I mean, I am a person who believes in that and wants government accountability and wants government limited and wants to make sure that your rights are respected. I'm willing to listen to those conversations. Maybe police made a mistake, two mistakes, uh, a short list of mistakes in this case. What is her list of mistakes? Yeah. And and when do we get when does she actually and her family, when do they own up to an ounce of accountability in the million steps that she and her family took to create totally. this situation in the first place? She's innocent. It's like, how could you possibly look at all this video evidence that we have? How could you possibly say that? So and I'm not saying you, Jonathan, I'm not saying that's the case that you're making, obviously. I'm just saying the people that want to d- blame the police and def- and defend her to the end of the earth. OK, if you want me to budge a little on how the police acted here, which I'm willing to entertain. You got to budge, you got to budge a little on her and the, the mm. activists never seemed to do that. It's just, no, yeah. uh, I totally get what she was doing. Just trying to steal liquor to feed her children or something like that. <laughs> no, you don't get to just steal yeah. and drive away. That's not a thing uh, that, that any uh, law respecting country can allow. Like the, the, a crime was committed against that store. There has to be justice for that store. She refused to comply with the lawful enforcement of that justice. And, and there those, have to be consequences. I, I don't know what else to say here. The police are not obligated to accept lethal force presented to them just because she's an idiot. Like, sorry, yeah. some idiotic mistakes are fatal and justified. This is one. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I and thank you, Jonathan, for supporting the show. Again, I don't want to be understood to like... Obviously, I care a lot about this. I'm not saying you're wrong. Oh, my God. I'm saying I want more blame on her and less blame on police in this case, which is probably something that Jonathan would would uh, entertain and or agree with himself. Um, Let's see. Oh, I got to hurry up here. Uh, 
not going to talk about yeah, that, but that's just the whole sum of empirical data. You need to look at anecdotal cases. Tony Fauci, the science grouchy. That's true. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Preposterous. Uh, the Ridge Runner says, actually, Matt, you call it twatter. Check your link list at the beginning of the chat. You still call it twatter? That's awesome. Well, I don't. If that was uh, if that was done, then it would have been one of our uh, chat assistants. But I guess uh, the buck stops with. Come me. on, man. But that's fine. I don't care if we call it twatter. That's fine. It can be called twatter. Um, Just not X. I I reject X. I reject it. Uh, Let me read a few more and then I got a boogie. Okay. If nothing else, it would be great to see Musk knock down Greenblatt's ability to defame a will. Is that his name? Uh, Greenblatt Greenblatt is the head of the the ADL. By the way, did our rumble stream die? It's now telling me stream is over. Oh, no. What the? Let me check on that. Citizen 7, never forget that Anthony Fauci testified in Congress last June under oath that he was unaware of any studies that suggested masks work, yet he turns around and lies to the media. Go figure. Yes, he's a goddamn liar. Uh, yeah, well, and he's, he's a liar in front of Congress, too, which should have its own criminal implications. Uh, it looks like the, the stream is still live on. Uh, oh, OK. Did somebody send you a message? Congress, too. which. Oh, wait. <laughs> Yeah, the stream is live because I can hear myself talking back to myself when I open it. Sorry about that. Um, You hate your own voice. Well, I mean, everybody kind of does, but it's part of my job to edit videos of myself talking and things. Like you have an unassailable voice. So I always wondered if like you're one of those people where you're like, oh, yeah, fine. Um, Nuggling book. Obama and I once made love. He opened his mind. I put it right in his imagination. For some reason, he wrote about it in a love letter to his girlfriend. Lol. I'm glad she heard it. Why are you gay? Why are you gay? Um, Canadian Nick. The Sinclair story is so useless, useless and pointless, even if true. Obama's gay and did drugs. Okay, so what changes? Big tech is corrupt and hostile towards people against their puppets. Yes, we know. What do we learn from this and how does it aid anything? Um, I don't know. I mean, part of me agrees with you, but like the, the sheer entertainment value. And then knowing that I think some effort should be put into exposing it because allegations of this caliber uh, in the Trump presidency would have been like explosive news that was addressed by every mainstream media network for ad infinitum. Right. Yeah, so like I mean, us talking about it, it's, it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's fair to say. Did you get some shocking revelation about media bias that you were not previously aware of? No, I think that's that's fair to say. Um, but I think it's it is also important to be aware of what is probably the most egregious example of a double standard on this sexual accusation stuff that that could possibly exist. Um, I know that news of a double standard is not necessarily breaking news either, but I just I think it's important to understand these things on a semi detailed level so that when you're explaining these things to people who doubt you or to people who say, well, that's not real because X, Y and Z, that you're able to be specific in a way that will challenge them when they make those points. I yeah, like I grant it, like if you're trying to win some important argument, is Larry Sinclair going to be the number one point? Maybe if Christine Blasey Ford is the number one point on the other side, that's all I'm saying. It's like whether the gay sex actually happened or the the smoke and crack actually happened or not. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not the most consequential thing in the world, but the treatment of one is irrelevant and the treatment of others as campaign breaking or Supreme Court nomination breaking. uh, That is important if we want to have a country that is anything close to fair, which (laughs) is the point of the chatter. Who believes in that illusion anyway? Yeah, I mean, maybe 
maybe not. But anyway, I uh, you're certainly entitled to be um, bored with the story in the same way that I'm entitled to be bored with Master and Commander. You know, sometimes it just doesn't work. Just had to bring it back around, didn't you? Sorry. Son of a bitch. Long John John, make sure you dine on some whale while you're in Japan, Blonde. You can tell us what it's like and if we should eat whale too. I can't do that because of the mercury content and the radiation. Mm, uh, yeah. Forgot also, you shouldn't that. eat whale. They're very smart. They communicate with with other with other whales in their pod. Right? I don't know. It's an opera. Appreciate the stream tonight, guys. Going through a rough situation at the moment. Nothing worse than a good gift being used for bad intentions. That's cryptic. God mm. bless y'all. I'm sorry to hear that, bud. Well, all the well, best to you as well. Turns out okay. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. Vivi says, hey, Matt and Blonde, I'm looking for better ways to spend my time instead of watching BS and playing video games nonstop. If you're in need of a technical consultant pro bono work, mind if I reach out? Thanks. We actually don't let anybody work for free. Just as a general rule of thumb, we don't do it. I mean, I guess we're not going to stop you, but we don't need anything done. We got it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, cer I'm certainly tape. willing to hear you out, of course, but um, as I've frustratingly alluded to many times there are some opportunities and changes a coming um i can't talk about them now and i wouldn't be able to talk about them privately in an email but certainly if uh you would like why to. why are you saying because i'm not going to tell someone like oh don't bother we're, we're definitely not interested like sure i will i will listen to your email and to the extent i'm able to share for now i will discuss what potential opportunities or needs may be but as a general rule if i actually have like Let's say in the future, I'm able to um, hire someone on an ongoing basis or we need a certain task completed. I'll make that announcement publicly. Um, hey, OK, what if we throw them 100 bucks to um, to compile all of the hoax hates and follow up on them? Uh, yeah, if you think you can automate that, you are a real technical wizard. Maybe, though. Um, let me reload. Do you have Yeah, Joshua Ulrich says obvious answer to the New Mexico governor is a conservative state suspending the 19th Amendment during the 2020 election, citing the dangers of women voting for Biden. Looking forward to Japan, but blonde, please don't spew ramen. Uh, yes, I, 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 I hope someone does this sort of uh, response. It would be hilarious to watch. Uh, thank you. Joshua knuckle hunky buck says on any given night in front of sorry, not sorry. That isn't even the only poll covered in AIDS. Well said as always, hunky buck oil king. ADL tried to hide its origin. Yag, yag, yag. I tooted decorum. This is the oil king language that nobody understands because he's like Saudi or something. Nah, yeah. Nora Vincent ended Filthy herself because Arab. women treat men worst. Get strong, get strong, get strong. Everything just sucks. See, this is the <laughs> we always appreciate trying to decode your messages. Oil King, thanks for supporting the show. Um, um, Holden Mulray, and then I'll read Esoteric Unbound. Yeah. Um, what is the lowest denomination of currency, bill, or coin that you pick up off the floor in an airport bathroom? Five dollars. What about you? Uh, I'll pick up any bill. Coins, no, unless it's like no coins. a two dollar. Yeah, maybe it's if it's something really crazy, but generic. Dime, nickel, quarter, no. Bills, I'm interested. I don't know that an airport bathroom would be like the most disgusting place. Um, you know? It's probably not that much dirtier, if probably at all not. dirtier, than uh, the street. Or just the airport floor walking around, you know, yeah. in general. Okay, Esoterica, I'm about, I'm going to read these straight through. Waited until the end of the show so as not to be a buzzkill. Prior to leaving for work on Wednesday, I discovered that my wife of 26 years hmm. had passed away in her sleep. Oh my gosh, apparently just moments earlier. 
Matt, you covered a lot of important issues tonight with principal insight and while both oh, this being is, funny and passionate. Oh, whoops. Wait. That's a different chatter, isn't it? That's yeah, hunky sorry. buck. Yeah. That, that was hunky buck. Sorry. Hunky buck, I'll come back. Um, let's see. Uh, during the past 12 years, our, our marriage could be difficult at times due to the toll that her years long battle with depression was taking on her physical and mental health. All this is to say, take some advice. From a chastened old fool, don't finish any day acting out, even in the slightest way, your feelings of disappointment or frustration with someone you love. Don't assume that you can put off to another day apologizing for your impatience or telling them how much that they mean to you. You're not owed another day with them, and it may not be in God's plan for you to be blessed with one. Hmm. Oh, I'm uh, so sorry to hear that. I'm very so well, sorry. Very well said in the loss. And uh, of course, we are uh, sorry to hear that. But I think that is one of the most important lessons you can learn in life. Uh, it's not to say that no conflict is worthwhile. There are conflicts that are worthwhile, even with family members sometimes. Um, but the, the risk of a person with whom you are in conflict dying exists every single day that that conflict continues. So even if you can't resolve the conflict, to the extent you're able to make peace with that, or if you would be comfortable with that person leaving you without ever having resolved that conflict, you got to be squared away with that in your mind. And, um, oh, yeah. and I, I hope that you were able to have some peace with that before she left esoterica. But, uh, you know, I, I guess he's not very explicit about that, but, uh, to the extent that he's, he's uh, giving us the lesson here, perhaps not, I suppose. But uh, I, I couldn't have phrased it any better than you did. So thanks for the, the words of wisdom for the chat. And of course, for supporting the show. Um, Knuckle Hungy Buck. Matt, you covered a lot of important issues tonight with Principled Insight. Well, being both funny and passionate and blonde made some great points also. I was bored out of my mind, too, out of fight. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to fight you. Well, it's not my concern. Uh, you're into, you can do that. And I'm just saying, I know people are going to jab at me for this. And that's fine. Um, but I will say, even if it's not Master and Commander, I know you all have a movie like this where it's like, yeah, there's stuff I like about it. In fact, stuff I really like, but I just hate it. Like, I was bored out of my fucking mind. I didn't enjoy watching it. I know you all have one of those. Jason Takes. Takes. Friendly reminder that two is still below replacement rate. Hashtag keep shaking. I don't want to hear it from anybody. This is my last baby. I'm done. No one believes you. I'm 35. I can't do this again. Do you know what this pregnancy is doing in my body? My vag hurts constantly. Just like somebody kicked me right in the vagina. Why? Why? If I were 20. Shut up. Silly woman. If I were 20, do you think this would be happening? Get back no, to me in I'd a couple be cruising, years. cruising through this pregnancy. Yeah. Fucking hell. I got to uh, More than two is certainly in our plans. But of course, a lot of our plans are out of our control. But we will be aiming for more than two. For sure. Um, um, let's yeah. see. Where I had to refresh here. Oh, yeah. So we got Esoteca Unbound, uh, Oil King, Leviticus 2013. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon themselves. Shall bell well. Uh, biblical scripture. You truly are Saudi Arabian. <laughs> biblical scripture is banned in the chat. Or at least Raja Mahan, I think, would want to ban that. But I guess not. Uh, Injured Guardian says, wait a minute. Matt is from Minnesota, but it's blonde who repeatedly pronounces the word both with an L in the middle. Do I? I am thoroughly confused. What does that mean? Like both? Both. Oh, is that how you say it? Both? I do. Both. I guess I've never noticed that. People both. get mad at the way I say the word bagel. Me too. Bagel. Yeah. Or yeah. bag. Uh, bag. 
Bag. I go back and forth. There's like bag and bag, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't even realize that I'm doing it, but some of that Midwestern accent stuff kind of hangs around uh, a little bit, but I've never noticed both. Now, now I'll hey, think about that. Our birthday's coming up now that I was just talking about how I'm old. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're at the end of the month, right? And I'm in a month and change. You're going to say at the end of your life. <laughs> uh, well, that's not up that to too. me. That is up to the uh, DVT overlords. But uh, <sighs> yeah. Deep vein thrombosis. DVT. <laughs> I think we're all set. I, I'm getting a notification from Rumble that uh, that it may have cached some rants. Uh, th- there might have been some missed Rumble chats. I actually can't go back and grab those because the system is what it is over at Rumble. So my apology for that. If you had a... Uh, a rumble rants or a chat on rumble that i missed and did not read uh, my apology i don't have a way to read them but of course you can email me and i'll be happy to refund your money if that was the case so sorry about that but you know that it's a rare occasion where all the hamster wheels spin in unison there's always at least one that is uh gone haywire and that appears to be tonight's looks like we're good on odyssey we are good on d live we're good on youtube and tippy stream so uh Real. Unless there's anything else, we'll call that a stream. Uh, all right. Um, appreciate everybody's participation tonight. Appreciate your chats, your super chats, your jokes, all your contributions to the show. Uh, very much appreciated, as always. If you are uh, listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. And if you can't get enough, if you need more to listen to, Head on over to the website. We got lots more stuff on the podcast page on the audio platforms of the show. You can listen to the call-in show replays. You can listen to some of Blonde's interviews. All sorts of stuff you might not find on YouTube. MattChristensenMedia.com or MattIs.gay if you like the simple web address. Uh, of course, uh, we will. Well, we will be back this Wednesday. We have one Wednesday on September 13th for the call-in show before we take a break for the rest of the month. But other than that, we'll be back on Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. <laughs>